Hmm. Something's up here. It's just being by myself. <laughs> Shamire, you're late. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that was so. No, that was so. That was funny from our end. But. <laughs> okay. Okay. To everyone, I made Onimaru yesterday. I was like, since I um, spent over a year completing this, which was supposed to be, we were supposed to do this podcast a year ago. And then I took forever to watch the show. I was like, okay, how about you go in and then I'll come in late and you could be like, you're late. Sean Mittermeier. Yeah. And, like, uh, and so Sean Mittermeier. And that's essentially what happens. So yeah. um, for the people that just went on, like, we're like, we totally missed it. We didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Um, so to the podcast, te technically over a year in the making, we are here. So we are here. And I, I actually need to serve myself. <laughs> oh, you're going to, I was going to pour it, but then I didn't do it because my kitchen is out there. Um, shout out to my dog father glass. I like this. Um, I'm not a dog father. I'm a dog mother, so I can't qualify, but that's cool. And for uh copyright or whatever purposes, this is apple juice. This, this is apple juice. Apple, mine does look like apple juice. Yeah. But here's the toast to the most legendary series. Legendary series, legendary goats, and then hopefully legendary podcast. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I was going to say something. Oh, well, whatever. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm going to take a sip. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. And everyone in chat. Toast. Cheers to legendary homies in if you, chat. If you this have your you. drink, cheers to you. Oh, my God. I can't do I can't do apple juice without, um, <laughs> without another thing mixed in it. I'm so bad. <laughs> That's why I said pick one that you're good with. But even though most of them are kind of the same <laughs> i love um i love a whis whiskey this is not whiskey wink wink but uh um i love whiskey ginger so i'm not mm. not a legendary admiral who can it's just okay i like the highball so i like mixing it with seltzer that's pretty cool oh that's or cool with ginger sour with coke coke tried and true um if you're new to the stream, welcome to the stream. Actually, um, really quick before we actually get into it, I've been hearing on the last two pods that like my audio has been like a lot lower than Shaw's and I tried fixing it today. So let me know, like we're gonna do a quick live mic test. Just let me know if, uh, how it is um, in comparison, if I need to uh, kick it up some more. I hope it's good. I really don't wanna be dealing with this right now. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, um yeah. I think it sounds okay. We'll f we'll probably find out. It's a, just a it's just a backhanded way of saying that I sound loud. <laughs> as, you're like as long as I sound crisp, that's all that matters. I don't okay. I don't know if I've ever had good audio, but I just keep moving I, forward. Like, I listen to the episodes and questions uh, afterward, and I like I'm like oh wait that's like a drastic difference. I kind of sound like really low. So yeah, you know, I was like hmm maybe uh we'll see. I don't know what's going on. So. Well, oh. <laughs> as they say, we keep moving forward. Yeah. So with the silence, I'm taking it to to be that we're good. So yeah. we're going to just kick it off again. Let me know in the middle of the chat. I mean, I'm in the middle of the stream if we need to raise the volume some more. But without further ado, let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to low-key start singing, like, da, da, like, do this theme, like, badly, but that's so much better. Yay. 
Yeah. So here we are. Uh, welcome to a new episode of the Jess Weaves podcast. We are your hosts, Onimaru and Shocking. And uh, like a shocking, shocking was just saying well, this pod has been like a year in the making. Uh, I had watched the series originally, like in like two weeks. I looked <laughs> it up. I was supposed to. I looked it up. You finished of like July 17th last year, like oh. almost exactly. I okay. looked it up. So it was like July and that's or June? I, I think it was June. June? Um. No, it was really, I'm going to double check because it was like very weirdly almost exactly to the date of when we were going to originally stream, but I was still, yeah. I was still late. So it's all good. I was just like, I literally had no one to talk to about it. Uh, I, feel so bad. I was like, I'm going to take this experience and just kind of keep it with me until the day it's, it's ready. Uh, As to they talk say. About. Uh, and it, it took a while to cook, but maybe uh, now it's here. Um, it so, up. I I'm excited. I am glad you caught up. So one of the original reasons, like the original intent of uh, doing this pod and wanting to like explore, like actually watch the series is because I actually knew very little about it. I just knew it was so highly rated on Mal. And the only other place I would see it on was like, I don't know, elitist starter packs and stuff like, <laughs> like memes. Like, yeah. like this is like a snooty anime. It's like pretentious if you're full of yourself. I'm like, Okay, but it's got to be highly rated for a reason, and that always like makes me curious. So I wanted to see like, does this live up to the hype? And if I watch this and I like it, is it gonna ruin all of anime for me? Like, is it just like nothing's gonna top this? Is this yeah. gonna be like the peak? So um, we're gonna find out how we uh, how we felt about it. Although I think like people who follow you on Twitter kind of know where you. I okay, they they know, but they don't know. I was they were like glad to have. Everyone who was really nice following my unhinged uh, live tweets of the series, yeah. <laughs> which was like very like I don't know. It's a apparent. It's a very smart show, and I had very dumb takeaways. So excited no, I, for that. I caught some of them. They were really funny. I was like, okay, I, this is this is funny. I'll have to go into one that I'm proud of. But um, yeah, they were like glad to have another one on board. I'm like, hey, uh, what if I just turn around and give it a six? You guys don't know. They do know, but like, what they don't know. Um. So someone in chat, light eight, <laughs> light eight, best anime of all time, light eight out of 10. light eight. Yeah. That'd be so funny. Um, so yeah, it was a fun experience. So this for everyone wondering, um, I, we're, this is the non-spoiler section. This yeah, is kind of just, just going to ask about that. Like how much can we actually talk about like non-spoiler? I'm just genuinely curious. I say we, I say we can just lead it with like, Here's Legend of the Galactic Heroes, what everyone kind of knows about it, like its reputation in um, the community. And then just kind of, you know, just kind of go from there. And then just like, you know, very loudly announce when we're going to talk about spoilers, because I would not want to spoil anyone on this. Yeah, everyone yeah. in chat's open. Humble 8. I still don't get the Humble 8. Shout out yeah. to Andres. I don't get the Humble 8. <laughs> if I ever call someone a Humble score, I'm going to just like never Someone else in chat. Worst anime I've ever seen, 9.5. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to be like, what kind of scale is that? Um, so, uh, yeah. So let's continue off of that. Like, what have you heard? What, like, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, how it is seen in the community? We'll, we'll talk about that first. And obviously, feel free to chime in and chat, you know, anything that we miss or any questions or anything you want us to talk about. Um, but, yeah. you know, I, I kind of didn't look too much up besides from my like initial viewing and I kind of went into it and then a little bit recently while I was like refreshing on it. Um, so like, what's your view? What was your view 
of Legend um, of Galactic Heroes when you were going into it? Because I think you knew a lot of the stuff that happens in it without context. Um, so I had, I guess I had a very roundabout experience with it. Um, so I have heard about Legend of the Galactic Heroes for a while, essentially since I got into anime. I think um, everyone who has been on my anime list, you know, for better or worse, we hear about a lot of anime from that. So you see the top 10 list, of course. And, you know, everything, you know, you see a lot of familiar faces from like Full, Al Full Metal Alchemist, Nine's Gate, Hunter Hunter, Gintama, and like Eight Spots, whatever. And then you always see in these top lists, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, um, in the Japanese name, of course, which uh, Ginga, you, no, I'm not finishing it. Everyone knows, you know, <laughs> I'm not doing attempt. it. Um, the Japanese version of Legend of the Galactic Heroes. And then you're like, okay, what is this? 100 episode OVA series from the 80s doing here. And then naturally, when you start talking to more people, you find out, oh, yeah, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Uh, it's like an older series, but it's like one of the most perfect anime of all time, one of the best executed, like flawless. And you hear it like really get hyped up to match the title of Legend of the Galactic Heroes. You know, it lives up, it has this very like larger than life title. And then I think you always kind of get some dissent here or there like how perfect is it how objectively perfect is it when you hear um a lot of elitists as you say or you know people who have been known for an elitist attitude you know claim it is like uh the most perfect series with that beyond reproach and uh, i think that kind of sets it up for failure sometimes because yeah. it's hyped up to high heavens and then people kind of you know naturally don't always align with that view and then you kind of get into this weird conundrum where you're like how really good is it or is how is it traditionally good as in there are no flaws or is it actually really good? And then, as you said, like how elitist is it? Is it tough to get? Is it tough to really appreciate, tough to enjoy? And uh, that's what you always want to go in and experience. And it was cool to like finally find out for ourselves, like what is uh, what's really behind the series? Yeah. And I actually like I'll be real. It is like tough to get into because like yeah. there are like it's not, it doesn't make it easy uh because there's like a ton of characters that are introduced and they're like like named characters so it's yeah. not even like just oh like some rando like this is going to be someone i'm not going to see but because they name them you're just like okay are they going to be relevant later like yeah. what's going on so while i was doing my like my rewatch uh like i, I rewatched a bit like bits and pieces okay. but i was going through uh just like the first season on like three times speed. Like I was just going quickly <laughs> through it and I was like, oh, you know what? It'd like be a nice handy guide while I'm like refreshing on this. I should do like a character sheet, like a, an Excel sheet, like with all the characters, a their alliance, like their allegiance <laughs> and like a screenshot. So like when I hear the name, I'm like, oh, this character. And so I started doing that for the first season because I figured, you know, it's a good foundation. And the Excel sheet came out to like 110 characters. You actually stuck with season. it and did it. I would have given up. Oh, I, I like, when I was like around like in the 40s for two columns, I had 40 for the Galactic Empire and like 38 for like the Alliance. And I was like only like on episode 15. And I was just like, dude, I hate myself. <laughs> I should <laughs> give up. And I'm like, True. no, I gotta do this. I gotta see it through. And like, True there was weeding. even some characters that like were so minor, like not even mentioned, I'm like, no, I got to put them in. <laughs> I got to do it. Like at some point I'm like, okay, I think this is starting to turn into like Pokemon for me. It's like, got to catch them all at this point.
Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's a lot. A lot of named characters. Thankfully, you don't have to like follow that many characters, but still yeah. the characters that you do follow, it is a lot. So Yeah, I'm pretty accustomed to larger casts. And this one really was like, okay, I got to... I had to look some people up and I made sure not to look up if they like died or anything. I would just look up like name and then picture to be like, okay, who is this dude? But um, it's, yeah, it's just like so much at once. And I actually, um, I didn't get to mention in my monologue that I had actually seen um, Dai's new thesis. Dia's new thesis. I don't know, whatever. Oh yeah. The that's, a, that's, that's good to bring up. I have something um, to about that, yeah. I saw that first technically back when it came out and like, 2016 or whatever the first season i've only seen the first season um and that was actually an incredibly helpful intro for starting uh the original series because that actually goes into more of like the background events that they talk about um in the original series that we only see in the uh um gaiden series which is like you know the fall the sequel side stories yeah. so uh dies news thesis DNT. I'm calling it DNT. I don't know. I'm doing it. The new one. Um, they did a bit more background information on some of the events, at least for the first season. But it also was weird in that, like, it didn't go in as much detail for other things. But I think for the sake of going back and watching the original series, it provided like a really good point of reference for some of the characters, even though, you know, character designs, totally different voice actors, different, whatever. But um. It was cool to have that as a point of reference. And then I jumped in and it's like, okay, cool. So. Okay. So like it was easier for you to follow along because you already kind At of. At least for it. the beginning stuff. Um, But I think the beginning is just so, it is ridiculously dense. I think Got it's it. just very dense. So much information. Okay, I here's kind of had that same experience with uh, not anime, but with Game of Thrones. So like when I tried reading the books, it helped having watched the show because like I could keep track more easily of the characters and I would just imagined if I had started on the books and not had the show as a reference I'm like ah oh, this would have been a lot tougher yeah. to keep up track of who's who so yeah um Chad has mentioned that some of the DNT designs I hate yeah now I can see that <laughs> they look terrible some of them look really bad we can get into that in a bit later but yeah. um the, the one thing I did, like, I never even checked it out. I didn't bother because I saw... The only thing I did see is, like, fans of Legend of the Galactic Heroes were like, don't even bother with that show. Watch the original OVA. Like, whatever. And I yeah. didn't really see too many of the reasons. It was just sort of like a hard no. Just watch the original. So that's what I did. Um, but when I, like, looked up recently, like, what is... The, like, is there a difference in the storytelling between uh, the new adaptation and the original? And uh, one of the big things was it's kind of like just the scope. So like yeah. the original OVA focuses more on the bigger picture of the war, which I don't even know if the novels does that. I think that just the OVA chose to do that. And because of that, it'll like focus on like, like the most like bot like bottom of society kind of character, like to like, you know, a character that's high up in the, in the, in the chain of command, you know, like just different people. Um, and yeah. because of that, like that kind of, makes you focus more on the the scope and it gives the show itself like this giant scope that is fitting of like the name you know legend of galactic heroes like all the stuff going on all these pieces and how they all kind of like tie in together so yeah for sure i think it was i think the new adaptation from the only the first season i saw was definitely more digestible than 
the be- the same content covered in the original series. But I think part of that does play into what you're talking about with the scope, where like we are just simply getting every possible piece of information accessible. Like yeah. it is, it does have that like history book feeling, where like you are sitting down and reading a history text on this time period, and so you're getting like everything. Yeah. Um, Whereas and there, like there's the news series, and you can. Uh tell me if it's true or not like it just focuses more in on the dynamic like the rivalry between the two mains like kind of battling each other and like more yeah. of what's in their heads versus like that bigger picture stuff yeah yeah exactly um i always see this dnt is done by the same people who made kuroko no basket i like kuroko no basket so that doesn't mean anything to me because <laughs> i like both series and i get the point that like you know you probably shouldn't treat them the same but i don't think they do and I like both. So that is, that is just, uh, that's like two pluses for me. Um, yeah. And I get, it's like tough. Like I feel like the way they're handling the new adaptation is obviously to make it easier to follow and more accessible. And obviously to streamline and make it more appealing in line with what anime is nowadays, but you and know, I it's, think just, there, it's tough. And there are some, um, inherent positives. I think some of the, uh, battle designs and like the way some, a lot of the, uh, fleet fleet, uh, the way some of the fleets, I don't know am I thinking, fleet battles. Yeah, I heard like the those way are those are presented. Those are easier to follow. I think they look better. And that's just like some natural strengths here and there. And I think the voice actors are fantastic for um for like it's kind of like the equivalent for the modern um modern industry. So I think it's really cool. And I'm definitely gonna finish DNT when I'm done the Gaiden spin-offs. But um I think uh I think that's kind of all I have on DNT, but we could also talk about, um, I guess, do you have anything else on like just the general overview of the series? I think, did you, I'll ask you, I'll phrase it as a question. When you went into it, how much of it did you know about like Yang and Reinhardt? Uh, I knew nothing. So you I, knew absolutely nothing. I knew nothing about Yang and I think I heard the name Reinhardt, but okay. knew nothing like at all. Um, so yeah, I knew nothing. I knew nothing of where the story was leading to. I didn't know what the point of it is. All I knew is, you know, the, like that it was highly praised, you know, for okay. some reason. And it, that's and that it was a hundred ten episodes, which also makes it daunting to get into. Yes. Like, oh, that's a lot of, oh, a lot of episodes. Yeah. That contributed to me taking forever, but, uh, it still, <laughs> still bad planning on my part. Um, it's okay. So I was like determined. <laughs> you did really good. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Cause we have not spoken about any of this. Yeah. We haven't said, we don't know anything. I don't know how Onimaru feels about any of this. And then um, I'm also excited because I feel, <laughs> I feel like you're, you have the best like sense of fresh expectations. I don't know anything except people like it. So I'm going into it. Whereas I kind of had a lot of expectations just because I know I was very familiar with the characters. I knew how many of my friends had certain ones as favorites. I knew like who the characters had been compared to. So I had like a lot of just kind of like, not necessarily high expectations, just I had some idea of what I was getting into. So Were you like a little, like a little, um, not jaded, but like, like a little doubtful coming in. Like, all right, it can't, like you were like, mm, you know, probably isn't like. I was good. more worried. I was worried because I wanted it to be a peak experience and I was worried it wouldn't be a peak experience, mm, but right. I knew it had the potential to be one. That's how I viewed it. I was like, pro- I was kind of like, show me that you can be 
like the best anime of all time. That's were you well acquainted also with the criticisms that the show gets and like yeah definitely okay yeah everything from uh info dumping textbook like literally just dropping information is like historical documentaries like just dropping information to like the presentation is dated animation animation bad like a whole scope yeah all right we'll get into that i think okay in a second when we like go into you know more of the full conversation so i don't know if this like is still should we still keep this a non-spoiler but i guess can i ask like at what point uh like how long did it take you and i think you did tell me um for it to click in your brain like that you were into this show like that like you were along for the ride um i because i had that weird thing where i was like i'd seen the first season i'd seen the movie prequel of the first two episodes and then like i think um a year ago when we were watching it i watched like five episodes and i was like okay do i just jump in on those five episodes or do i go back and start from episode one and make it like truly fresh start so like i kind of had to like push myself to go back to episode one of this year like fresh memory and just do like okay push myself like episode one two three four and then i think by the time i got i forget when i messaged you it was somewhere in season one it might have been around like episode 20 when i finally got into like new content i had not seen in any form before that's when i was kind of like okay let's go so so it was just that it was new content and kind of like where things were kind of heating up towards the end of the season too yeah, I think it was. I think it was around that time. I'm gonna double check our DMs while you keep talking because okay. I'm well, curious. No deal. I think at this point we should. It's already been like, yeah, quite a bit. We should probably get into spoiler territory. So, uh, if you have not watched Legend of the Galactic Heroes yet, uh, you know this podcast will be waiting for you when you do finally decide to catch up. This is like the the podcast of. I don't know, not all podcasts, but like this is the one we're planning to just say all of our thoughts on it. So it'll be here whenever you do decide to catch up. All of our thoughts yes. will be in this one. I know, not my mic. Or Shaw's tweets. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so saying it again, uh, spoilers, uh, watch Legend of the Galactic Heroes and join us soon. You know, join the, join the party. Um, but yeah, so specifically, uh, when did it click for you? Uh, I found it. We, it was episode 22. I don't know what happens in episode 22. I'm episode 22, uh, I think they're do they're fighting the Lipstadt rebellion, um, yes. or whatever they're fighting the, the nobles, yeah. uh, the nobles kind of ran away to like the Geiersberg fortress or whatever. And yes. they're kind of like partying it up over there and their admirals are like about to like jump ship or betray them and be like, these guys are fucking crazy. And I don't know if. It was that episode of the next episode where like the one dude, the dude's retainer, like the Admiral Ansbach or whatever, makes him like, like drink the poison and kind of like off himself, <laughs> like kill himself. And then, yeah. So that, and that's that the next the, one. That's such that an is impressive. the next one. But it's like around that area. I think like maybe 22 was like a battle or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, It's the episode before the nuke episode. Yes. So, gotcha. yes, I double checked. Before they nuked the Westerlands or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that was that was really interesting. It's so funny looking back at this content, like almost a hundred episodes later. And I'm like, damn, they really had like, they had some crazy ass fights back in the day. Yeah. yeah. It's only like, younger, you know, they just did some shit. I feel so much younger. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that was like a wild experience because you're, 
like in season one, actually, a lot of stuff happens from, I mean, like we have the first confrontation with Yang and Reinhardt where they're like, okay, real recognizes real. And then they go back to their own respective issues of like Yang dealing with like the most incompetent democracy of all time. And then Ryan. Reinhardt kind so of like bad. rising up the ranks slowly but surely yeah. um, with the uh, Kyrgyz and like, you know, both of them going on and then eventually winning over Oberstein to his camp. And I guess at this point, it's so funny that it's like, oh, yeah, so we're just putting down the old crew after the Kaiser died. And now they're like, they're just going to town. So funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, like a lot of stuff just was going down, down, a lot to keep track of. And then like you'd have, again, the episodes focusing on the Empire, focusing on the Alliance, and then just sort of at the same time getting the backstory on like what's what, you know, like, you know, what is the kind of the political climate in Heineson and the Free Planets Alliance and also like, you know, what everybody's afraid of, like the next Rudolph kind of coming to power and all that stuff. So, which is a little more later, but. Yeah, I have to say part of the frustration of watching season one had nothing to do with the quality of Legend of the Galactic Heroes and had everything to do with watching the realistic portrayal of utter systematic incompetence that made me want to, I can't say, do not exist. I did not want to exist. It was so frustrating that you're seeing like this group, at least for the Alliance side, you're watching this group of politicians sitting around and talking about how... um, in theory, they just won um, Ishaloran Fortress. Yeah. They just won that. And Yang is like, cool, we have like checkmate for, um, we essentially have a good checkmate. So the, uh, um, why can't I think of it? What is it? The Imperial forces can't come through yeah. and they have like a strategic advantage against the Imperial they basically forces. Fuck up every advantage they get. Yeah. So they <laughs> had an advantage and Yang is like, okay, we can probably be at peace for a bit. And then you see this, these like assholes at the, on no. the council who are literally like, okay, we have an election coming up. So we got to go back to war and send 30 million people to go invade um, the empire. And you're like, they literally just said they're going to do it because they have an election coming up. Like 30 yeah. million people because of an election. I want Yang to is die. Like- Okay, we ha- we can have a little bit of peace now. Can I retire? No, you can't retire, <laughs> and you got to go do this. And uh, yeah, it's like okay, it's so uh, brutal. You're like, oh my god, because you. Like, the worst part it, is, you know, this happens. You know that's happening. No, and the worst part too is like Yang. Like you could tell, like he has good intentions, and also he knows better, and they're just not listening to him. Like they're not listening to the guy who knows. It's like they're just yeah. doing all this stuff. Um, um and it shows in the beginning of like an interesting. Something that's an interesting element that you don't really realize that much in retrospect is Yang just kind of accepts the incompetency around him. Like he can kind of predict how everything will go wrong. And I think he never really truly tries to fight it that hard. Like he will at some point, but he doesn't provide much pushback because he's kind of already resigned himself to knowing that things will go wrong, which is an interesting character trait for him that has ripple effects later down the line. Yeah, yeah, because, like, he's just, you know, he kind of knows, I guess, like, because he knows that, you know, history repeats itself, which is, like, a recurring theme and kind of, like, how kind of people are that it's just, it's kind of inevitable, but he just kind yeah. of rolls with it, <laughs> and that's how yeah. he's able to pull off so many tricks. Um, um, 
And that's true as uh, Ang said. Truant let that shit happen to grab power instead of stopping it, even though he knew it would happen. Yeah, he, <laughs> this guy. Um, ah, he's another troll. He's he's <laughs> not incompetent. He's just so corrupt and manipulative that he has the knowledge of what will happen. But he's also not going to let something happen because he's like, this will work out for me. Ripped. Oh yeah, no, no. I don't. I didn't think he's incompetent. No, no. He's I was definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's totally no. self-serving. Like just completely yeah. wild. Like, I I always uh, hated him. He always. I got always away. hated him. Speaking of also hated, um, we also got introductions to the goat Andrew Yo, Fork. Favorite scene when Bucock just gives him an, like a freaking aneurysm, <laughs> like puts he him in this place, paralyzes his nerves. He's so like you. He essentially just reads him the riot act, and this dude is so like such a loser that he has. Like, had an aneurysm because someone told him that he sucks ass. Oh, my God. You could not uh. handle it. And then before his, um, uh, what was it, the assassination attempt, he still got owned again. <laughs> uh, when he <laughs> killed the the joint, like, the the chief of staff. What was the guy? The guy the guy that he killed that was, like, the head of the of Heineson or something. Um, Which guy? The... He was only for that, like that. He only showed up for that one moment. Like um, he came out of a car. Uh, his name is Kubersley or something. Um, and Andrew Fork shot him, and that what's led to all like the riots. Oh, that shit. Yeah, yeah. But oh, the that guy was... like totally put him in his place, and then he just shot him. That was so funny because the this one of the sidelines is like side like lines of like words were said on side. It's like, what's the point of having security if any good one can walk up to him and shoot him? What, exactly. what is the it was, point? It was, oh, it's just so much like, so watching the show and like watching through season one, I actually didn't have like too much of a hard time, but again, I hadn't watched it like you had before. I had no like background, but I found it kind of like relaxing. Cause it was kind of like, like it felt like a history book. So I just would like go like watch an episode kind of like, see what was going on. But I always found myself more invested in the Alliance side of the story. And that's mainly because of Yang, but you know, and yeah. I was kind of interested in his perspective and seeing what was going on. But also yeah. I felt like, it's not like the empire was more stable, but mm -hmm. Heidison was always like a giant clusterfuck, like ready yeah. to like tear at the seams. And you were always like wondering what was gonna go like happen next. So um, yeah. that's what made it more interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting because at the start of season one, um, even though it was kind of like the first battle was kind of like a tie between Yang and Reinhardt, um, after they captured Ishalorn, I'm going to say that wrong, Fortress, um, it was really interesting, first the tactics to get in and take the, <laughs> take the Fortress, but it gave the Alliance that um, advantage for the first time. And so it's probably the first and only time we see them actually having the upper hand against the um empire so it's it's really interesting that you know we really did see them at their best and they squandered the fuck out of that for an election that like i don't even know how the election turned out because like 20 million people died so i i think they all got screwed over yeah like we never saw uh the free planets alliance recover <laughs> yeah they did not recover that. from that one no no it just was a sinking ship after that yeah so um, it's what? interesting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just gonna say, which side of the story were uh, you more invested in? I was also probably more invested in Yang with the Alliance, just because I felt like um, his story was interesting in the sense that you, well, as evident as 
you know, Yang shows throughout the series, he doesn't really have much ambition. So it was kind of just the story of this guy who is, you know, very intelligent, very, very skilled, um, very competent, uh, suffering through the incompetence of others and being at the whims of fate. And that was what was kind of interesting, which is kind of seeing how he could sit around and predict how everything would turn out. And he could do enough to save his fleet, but he couldn't do enough to save the Alliance as a whole or like, um, you know, at least individual fleets, other fleets outside his own or like, you know, democracy back home. It was like he was so limited in his control, even though you could tell like this guy should have more power to call the shots. Um, yeah. And so that was really interesting to me. Meanwhile, I think Reinhardt's kind of rise to power. It's a story that I've seen before, which doesn't take away that um, the interest in Reinhardt. I think he's still really interesting. But I think at least for that section, it was kind of like I was interested, but it was more of how was he going to do it? Not so much what he was going to accomplish, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I felt like his uh, trajectory was a little bit um... – it was just, it was a little bit predictable. It was kind of sort of like, like it wasn't that it was bad, like you're saying, it's just sort of like, you really didn't know what was gonna happen with what Yang was trying to do. But with Reinhardt, it was sort of like, he was just playing the game like straight. Like he's just gonna keep like winning battles and just slowly rising up, getting more influence. And no one is truly challenging him on it. Like mm -hmm. even the Kaiser was just like, when they told him, he's like, oh yeah, I know. He's probably gonna yeah. overtake me. Fuck yeah, I think dynasty. I should we shouldn't even exist anymore. And I was like, like okay. I think if I could, I think at the beginning, Yang's journey was more interesting than Reinhardt's for at least part of it. But I do think I found the Empire a bit more interesting than the Alliance, just because we oh, were I starting agree with that. Structurally, I, th I think yeah. the Empire is more interesting, like kind of like how they work and yeah. trying to understand that because Free Planets Alliance is not really. You know, it's just kind of a hodgepodge of just yeah. stuff like going yeah. on. Um, yeah. And it was tough because I think, you know, the empire is so foreign to us. So there was a lot of kind of like pieces to put together. Whereas like the alliance, we can just imagine it's like, okay, it's a non functioning democracy. It's like, that looks a bit familiar. I can kind of fill in the pieces to that. But I think it was interesting seeing like kind of the small snippets of, um, the empire where it's like one of my favorite early episodes is the one where it focuses on um, the woman who was the concubine of the Kaiser before Reinhardt's sister, who is getting really jealous of Reinhardt's sister. So she has that whole scheme to try and assassinate her and it, it doesn't go, it goes wrong and it doesn't work. And so at the end, uh, you know, the Kaiser makes a very, um, you know, we see a very merciful ruling and it's, okay, you're going to drink the poison and because the Kaiser cared about you, he'll attend your funeral. <laughs> like, that was yeah. like a line. And I was like, just dying of like, oh yeah, that's, you know, that was really nice of him. That's like he'll show up. Of, yeah. You can't confirm it, but he'll, you'll, he'll show up. Yeah, um, you won't know, but take his word for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like, okay. Empire. That was just so funny. And I think that was part of the beginning of um possibly the most underappreciated aspect of legend of the galactic heroes is how ridiculously funny it is on in almost any given episode you'll hear some of the funniest dialogue ever in anime just like out of nowhere out of pocket funny lines from people and like half the time it's not even expected 
I don't know if you found it is funny, but I was half the time it's not meant to be funny. (laughs) Sometimes it's not meant to be funny, but like I was like dying so many times because it's like either the theatrics or just like the personalities and how everyone knows each other so well. So they know how to jib at each other. Like so funny at like almost nonstop. Give a, give an example. Um, so like any, this is a bit later, but any conversation between dusty, um, Popolo, I'm saying his name wrong. It's going to keep happening or whatever. The orange haired one who, yeah. yeah. And, um, Skunkoff, Walter von Skunkoff. Yeah. I should say that as better as a German. Anytime they're having a conversation amongst themselves, I think it could be like one of the funniest conversations. Like everyone giving Dusty shit for being a, like being celibate and then him giving the other two shit for like hooking up with women nonstop. Like that's just like comedic gold nonstop. It was because a lot of times they were just there just shooting the shit. So it was always kind of funny. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, Actually, good. Here's a question. So, do you want to do this by, um, like, break it down by the seasons and kind of just? I was thinking we did seasons. Move ahead, you yeah, go? we could do seasons. Okay. So, do you have anything else, like, else that you want to touch on specifically in season one? Like, I guess. Yeah, I mean, episodes one to twenty-six. A uh, few things of season one. Um, see, you know, by comparison, there's not as much to talk about in season one since it's laying the groundwork for things later. But big things, I do really like the exploration of how, um, you know, the alliance stretching themselves too thin with the supply chain um their supply lines are getting stretched too thin therefore the planets that they are um you know freeing i'm trying to think there's a there's a good word for it it's like you know they are oh like emancipating is that what we're saying liberating they're liberating the planets from the empire um we get to see how easy it is to mess up those plans with very key strategic thinking, which is a big element for Reinhardt and Yang. It's like, okay, either kind of let themselves shoot themselves in the foot or we'll attack key parts of their fleet and take them down and use that, um, kind of use that to take them down. So it's like very interesting strategy that's very grounded and not very flashy. But I think the exploration of how like, you know, the planets don't have enough food and then they turn on the Alliance who are hurting them was like, who were oppressing them ends up being really interesting. I think that was like a really good way of showing how this war impacts the little guy. Um, That was something that stood out to me. And of course the first big major death of the series, last chance for spoilers. Like this is it. There's no going back. This is the big spoiler of season one. Yeah, no, I do agree that that was a good, uh, that, that they did show like how, um, it did affect the little guy and how like they quickly turned on the, the soldiers and the one guy, the one dude that like fell in love with the chick and was trying to do right by them. He was like, you know what? Fuck all of this. They both left and you never hear from them again. <laughs> I hope they're doing well. I hope yeah. that's a good sign, but yeah, I, I think it uh... goes to show that the average guy does not care about what political system is, what political system they live in. They just want food. They just want to survive. And that's what yeah. it reinforced. Like, they are loyal to whoever is going to help them get food and survive, which yeah. is important. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and now the big death. The um, big death. I knew going in that this guy would die. I didn't think it happened this soon. I was shocked. I was 
How were like, you? How were you? You on didn't the know. The first time I watched it, I was shocked. I didn't. I thought he was like gonna be in it for the long haul. Like this dude's right hand man. Like you'd always see him in all the pictures, like the yeah. promotional stuff. Like you thought this dude was there forever. Yeah, you thought he was there from the get go. But you know. Uh, yeah. So I, I didn't think it was gonna happen the way it happened. It was just so quick. Um, I didn't think it would happen like that, and I didn't think it would happen then. Um, I think it was wild that oh we can talk about one more thing after this because i'm seeing a good reference of it in chat but um yeah i did not think uh kirtiais i'm saying his name wrong how do you say his name kirtiais 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 i don't know i just kirtiais i don't know the like the actual pronunciation what it's supposed to be yeah i need 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 a german just do the phonetics in chat thank you yeah so help me out thanks would be nothing without chat um Kirchies was like, I did not see him going down that soon or like that, but it's also perfectly fitting for him to go down in that way. Like, you know, sacrificing himself for his for friend. Ryan oh my gosh. I did not see that coming. Um, it was cool. I think it's cool that, you know, it wasn't actually the big, like fucking cannon. The dude brought in with other guys corpse to take him out. Um, it is the like ring thing that got him, which is sad, but like, ah, sad. Yeah, that was like the sad part. It was like, damn, like he blocked the, the cannon from hitting the other two. And then the freaking ring got him like in the chest and he was still okay, but then it got him in the neck. And then that was like a vital point. And then he just bled out and then that was it. Ah. And it was just like, and then you could tell Reinhardt was just like first in like complete disbelief. And it was like, okay, that it's like, was a shame. But okay, Kier, yeah, so Kier, Kier, Key, Ice, Kier, Key, Ice, okay, so it's is like that beer even with a K, so Kier, and then Kier. Key, as in what key. Goku uses, Key, and then Ice, Kier, Chies, Kirky Ice, Kirky, I like Kirky Ice, Kirk Ice, Kier, Chies, okay, that if you didn't get murdered in the show, I would be murdered from my pronunciation, rest in peace, you are forgiven. <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you uh um, yes that was yeah, brutal no, I, I don't know i wasn't like super attached to him i think some people do really like his character i thought he could have been a really great you know like ruler and like good like really good character he would have been really good for the universe but i think that's why it was meant for him to die <laughs> you know because you can't have that um can't have nice things but um yeah i was still, like surprised and i wasn't like um what what kind of also like left me like shook like unsure about it too was just like i wasn't sure where reinhardt's story was gonna go from there like i know they said what he was gonna do but like i felt like okay he just accomplished mostly like many of his goals like what he was really setting out to do like his you know he took out the nobles that was a big goal his sister's okay he's risen up the ranks he's pretty much on his way to gonna conquer the universe most likely um but now he just lost his friend so now it's like he just has this emptiness so like where where is he gonna go from here yeah Um, it it was really interesting to do that so early on as well because i think you know as this is i guess a good transition to go back to um one of the other major conflicts you know the alliance has the whole you know our supply chains are ruined because we have 20 million people going to these planets but um, the big, 
the big conflict that we mentioned a bit earlier, the nuking of that planet, that name I forget. Um, uh, I don't know. The Gis- Gisberg? Geisberg? Oh, that was the fortress. Geisberg is the fortress. What's up? Yeah, Westerland. Westerland. Westerland that, is, there we go. Yeah, I can got, say that, that word. Nuked. Yeah. Um, you know, the nuking of Westerland, of course, was a plan by the other, um, the Lipstadt Rebellion. But, um, you know, Reinhardt had the opportunity to stop them from bombing this innocent planet and, you know, save two million lives. And Oberstein, another major character that's been introduced, was like, if you let them bomb this planet, two million lives are lost, but it'll turn everyone in the Empire against them. So we will end the war three months early and save like 10 million lives. So it starts implementing that idea of like utilitarianism, even at the expense of, you know, let's just say good morales or good feelings. And so he kind of tricks Reinhardt into acting too late and letting them uh, bomb that planet, but they also get pictures of it. So they broadcast that through the empire and that rubs everyone at least in their immediate circle, kind of the wrong way because they're like, hey, this isn't really the cause we signed up for. Not, they're not overtly like that. They're just like, you know, we're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to give more power to the like to the commoners and the low, lower nobles. You know, they're not they don't think that they're to blame for it, but it's kind of weird that they couldn't step in and save it. And that's an action that ends up having repercussions way late, later down the line, which is cool to see. But it, it yeah. starts the introduction of Oberstein as this like uncaring but very calculating person who is dedicated to the Lohengrim dynasty against all against all odds against yeah. everything. Yeah, and he's also like pretty much at the time, not after, but like he was supposed to be like the foil for Kirkyais. Yes, uh, and essentially like the 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 dark side that like you know he even says it himself that like pushes like. Uh, Reinhardt to make the hard choices where Kierkegaard wouldn't do that. And that actually is what causes, because the one that's actually really rubbed the wrong way by it is Kierkegaard. And that causes yeah. like a, a, a strain between them right before he dies. Like they have like a, this rift. So yeah. I actually have like some theories of like, not theories, but like comments about that. But I guess later on, like, because okay. Kierkegaard, basically his death like has ripples throughout the rest of the series. Like not like he changes anything, but he stays in people's minds and he He, clearly has an effect on Reinhardt. He stays in their heads rent free. Rent free. um, So so AA and chat asks, how long did it take you guys to get used to the old animation? Because it put my brother to sleep. So he watched the remake. Um, I didn't have much of an adjustment to the old animation at all. And actually I think it's kind of, I agree with this dude. People need to stop thinking older animation is inherently boring or bad. Um, I think I didn't have any issues with the older animation. I think it looked really good. I'm also, you know, old and I'm used to that art style and cell animation, but it was kind of cool because my husband was like watching me watch the show and he's like, you know, I kind of miss when shows looked like this and had this character design and stuff. And I was like, you know what? That's cool. Good. I'm going to share this that like, yeah, everyone kind of like, in terms of character design, everyone kind of looked a bit more unique than how yeah. they do nowadays. Because when I was seeing the character designs for the new one, it just looked like a bunch of characters like I've seen like in like so many other anime. And whereas yeah. here, like they all looked kind of different. 
I think oh. one of the definite um, strengths of the series is, you know, we might it might not have the most fluid or dynamic animation, but I think one thing that focuses really well on it is like the facial expressions of characters. And that also goes with the character designs being so unique from each character to character. Like no two characters look the same and they're also able to express, um, you know, very subtle and like subtle details in between conversations or during conversations. So I think it's, I think it works out well. Yeah. I didn't have too much uh, of a hard time, like adjusting um, kind of just went through um, it. Just, again, it just gave me nostalgia for like old anime. Yeah. Um, but I think like I did hear like one of the criticisms of it is like, it's literally like essentially like a moving novel more than an anime. Or a visual, visual novel. novel. There it is. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to say that, but it's a it's like a it's visual a novel more than an anime because they barely move. They have a ton of dialogue and it's not fluid at all. They're all stiff, especially for the time period when like Dragon Ball and other stuff existed that clearly yeah. moved better. This was yeah. like seventies level, like movement well, even the, of animation. I think even the seventies have some anime that move a bit better. So better? I think it, yeah. I think it really 60s. depends. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but I think it really depends. Yeah. Cause they were very obviously not putting their eggs in the animation yeah. basket. They were putting it into the background art and character design basket of saying like, yeah. this it's dude is not going to move, but his face will show a lot of emotions. Yeah. Which I mean, goes, I didn't have an issue yeah. with that, but I, yeah, like, I, I like, I saw that and I'm like, yeah, but I'm like so focused on the dialogue mm -hmm. and the story and everything else going on. I have enough time. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, they're, they're at least doing something. They're, they're, yeah. they're talking all this stuff. So. Yeah, um, I could kind of see, like, not to be a true enlightened, enlightened centrist, but I could see the people who were really bothered by the visuals because it's not enough movement for them and it can be presented sometimes in a very, like, dry, straightforward way. But at the same time, I can understand people having no issues with the visuals and also thinking it looks really good because the background art and the character designs do look great. And it you know, when they need to deliver some action sequences, I think they do a pretty good job. So yeah. I can see both sides of it. I don't think I would agree that the visuals ruin the series, but I also don't think I would agree that it's the best looking show of all time. But yeah, I don't think so I, either. I so. lean more positive than critical. Yeah. 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 And I definitely like a lot of dynamic shows, but I came into this thinking like, all right, well, I'm going to like sit back in <clears> the <throat> history book, which this was what it felt like. And just, yes kind of go through everything and it was it was nice yeah um, for sure it really did feel like reading a novel so yeah know, <laughs> visual novel type beat there you go added to the uh, visual novel three by three yeah um, um hmm. okay so that the only other i guess thing after uh his death uh and kind of like it leaves reinhardt in like a depressed state um and you know the alliance is being the alliance um is one thing is his sister. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but like her reaction to him, she was just, she just seemed cold. <laughs> like okay. Just, I was glad you like, brought this up because I was going to bring this up to you where I was like, so, you know, here she guys died. Um, so she's just kind of like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. She's just like, okay, yeah. you just had the biggest loss of your life. Well, I'm out. I can't yeah. be around you. You're violent. Good luck. See ya. Um, you know. I feel give reasons. She was like, I just got to go. Sorry. Yeah. Well, she, her thing was kind of like, I can kind of see her, vaguely see her reasons because she feels guilty 
that she led them down this path for them to kind of save her because they felt like they had to save her. So she feels kind of guilty. And I think that her perspective is when, you know, she got picked by the empire, uh, by the Kaiser, she's like, okay, I'm sacrificing myself for my brother to live his life. So to see that kind of sacrifice come back with the loss of, um, I think they implied that, you know, Kirti, like uh, she was, was in love with Kirti. Yes. I think she, they implied that. Yeah. I got um, that sense. And I got the so. sense that, uh, he was obviously in love with her. Um, yeah, and he was in love with her. Sometimes it made me question how much of it he did do for Reinhardt and how much of it he actually did for his promise. Like, I think her. it might be half. It is interesting to think about. I think it's half and half. But um, yeah, because he didn't let on too much either. So it was, and, and he always harkened back to the promise, and that was his last thought in his brain. Hey, at least I fulfilled my promise. Yeah, so. I feel like I don't know if I feel kind of sad by that because I do think his friendship with Reinhardt was, you know genuine but i wonder yeah. just like is it kind of sad that all of his major relationships felt like dedication to him for the sake of like you, you know yeah. like dedication or obligation i don't know that's kind of something to think about that's kind of yeah. sad but Which i think sucks but it met, probably speaks of his nature of why like he would, yeah. was so good with people and you yeah know, like would probably have been a good ruler um, yeah we can get to that in a bit too because i think that touches on some something with his character later on but i yeah. think so I think she had that vibe of, I am responsible for them going down this path and dying. So, but, but I, I get that. And I just yeah. feel like, I guess they made that too subtle. Like, and I don't know, she just seemed, she still like could have been a little more supportive, not just like the minute that it happened, you know, I mean, I get that she's grieving too, but she's I, just like, I agree. Peace. <laughs> you know? I agree. Um, uh, I think they made hers. I think here's here's i think she, my criticism is that we don't get enough focus with her for that to be kind of like this nuanced character decision where we can understand how it's a shortcoming in her eyes because we only kind of see like glimpses of her like we see more glimpses of, of her at the end funny enough than we do yeah. like in the middle of it but i think we don't get truly enough focus and insight at the time to truly understand her decision making so at the time it, we're kind of like bro what the fuck? he lost his best friend He's at war, like, in a very stressful situation. He had an assassination attempt on his life. And you're kind of like, okay, it's time for me to go. Like, it's it just feels like, it, I don't know. I feel like it's it, it so tough to wrap your head around. Felt like more of a, a twisting of the knife, considering mm -hmm. that, like, this dude made it, like, and, and I get it. This is why she feels guilty. But, like, his life's mission, like, literally he was doing all of this to you know he loves his sister like he was doing like if there's anyone he needed at that time it was her to like lift him up even oberstein was like oh go talk to your sister you know he needs some light you know yeah to kind of help him out in this time uh yeah and so he did all of this you know for her and then in that moment to just be like okay come on but yeah, yeah. i think it was i think it's supposed to be in the grand scheme of things in the wrong decision on her part I don't think the series shies away from that, but I think it's tough from our perspective to truly understand why she made that decision. Yeah, because they didn't like give us too much on her side either. You yeah, didn't get too much of that perspective. Yeah, but that was the only comment on that. And then the only other thing I noticed is like right after that, where he gets his resolve to like, all right, I'm going to conquer the universe. I got nothing else left. Uh, there's like, I wouldn't have known at the time, but on the rewatch, there is a foreshadowing of Ruinthal's Ruinthal's. I don't know. How yeah, his Ruinthal's. Name, I think of his rebellion. Yeah, yeah. because. Reinhardt is like anyone that wants to come, come at me, bro. Me, come at me. And then uh, Ruyenthal is like, you jest. 
And it's like, it's like mm. I could never, but could I? Like, <laughs> well, I'm already in it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting at the end of season one. I don't know if you felt like this too. I felt like it was prioritizing the events more so than the characters. Cause we had all these characters going on and like we knew, I knew Ruenthal and Mitch Meyer were supposed to be important, but I didn't know anything about them. So yeah. by the end of season one, I was like, okay, cool. We got all the events down. We know what happens. You know, we rushed from point A to point like D or F, like whatever. And um, yeah, there's a ton of like, characters that like sat in the background that you like, they were there, but they didn't like, you know, they didn't come yeah. into the fold till like way later. Yeah. So I was like starting season two and I'm like, okay, now let's focus on the characters because I don't know what's, what's going on with half of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. So season one, solid, interesting enough. I had a few reservations, but I was like yep. still willing to get We're going. We're on board, right? Yeah. Mainly because of my boy Yang, you know? Yeah. So, boy, so you were, de were you definitely a Yang gang from the day one? Oh yeah. Yang gang. Yeah. Yang gang. It just, it only intensified from there. <laughs> yeah. Yang gang. Yeah. Yang gang. Um, yeah, no, uh, definitely. I just liked like his whole like disposition and like everything interesting he had to say and all that stuff, but we'll get more into that later, but we'll get into that later. Um, season two, um, season two was interesting. Cause I, I, again, I didn't know now like, okay, what's the rest of the story? Reinhardt's just going to conquer the universe and kind of like that. And then we're just going to continue from there. And the Alliance is just going to slowly crumble and dwindle. Yeah. They so. were like, these guys ain't, ain't fighting. The, the Alliance is not thinking their way out of a paper bag. We are down bad. <laughs> so I don't know where to start with this part. So if you have anything that comes to mind about like this part of the story, you could bring it up for me. One of the episodes that I remember that I like, um, kind of like, like, you know, uh, as I was refreshing on is the first episode that came to mind was Weirdly enough, like the Julian episode where he's going to Fazan and yeah. it's literally a documentary episode. It's literally just yeah. a clip show. Every, it's not really a clip show, but like, every time Julian is traveling, we know that we are sitting down for yeah. a documentary. And like, literally my first thought when I remember on the initial watch is like, oh, okay, whatever. Sure. Yeah. Like this is going to be like probably boring. And yeah. I found it so interesting and I was actually rewatching it like last night. I'm like, this was so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of. Like, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, because what I like about that is it like the show has like such an expansive history that like goes way before the actual narrative of the show actually starts, and it goes into like how Rudolf von Goldenbaum came into power, but like it goes into all the reasons as to why that happened, and it's yes. like talking about like stagnation and like really like society kind of fell into a decadence because of like peace, which caused stagnation, and instead of like humans and people like trying to solve like their immediate problems with like more of a long-term solution. They chose the, the short-term cure. Absolute dictatorship. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So they chose like a dictator. And then that's what like kind of led to like these, like essentially golden bomb was like, uh, Rudolph was essentially space Hitler. He was like, you know, space like Hitler. parallel space Hitler. Like he's the yeah. true Hitler of the story. And it shows yeah. like if someone like Hitler had reigned supreme, we'd get like, like 500 years later, like really lazy nobles that don't, aren't capable of any independent thought, you know, because yeah. that was the whole issue. Like that society, um, or what I found really interesting is like, they didn't want to engage in any independent thought. They wanted someone to just like, they wanted to pass the ball and yeah. just let someone do that thinking for them. And then yeah. someone like Rudolph who came in 
and he sets a parallel to initially he was like a yang wenli um mm -hmm. he was like this kind of visionary like guy with all these ideas and you know he wanted to like really like do all this reform but he had like the ambition of like a reinhard yes um, he actually had ambition and then he got all this power and he you know became this so that's why everyone everybody in the rest of the story is like oh well yang's gonna be the next rudolph and it's like no he's not he really doesn't care it's like no he's gonna be the next rudolph yeah and you know so and it that just that like in essence that episode like that backstory sets up like interesting framing for like the rest of the series and sort of like the next part of the story where like it focuses more on like reinhardt and what kind of ruler he's going to be and what the universe yeah. needs and the seedling of democracy and what's left and whatever but i don't want to go too much further but that's like one of the parts of like uh season two that i like remembered that i liked yeah, I think it's interesting because there are a lot of like natural questions that arise for a series that's supposed to be set like in our universe, but way in the future. It's like, okay, what happened to Earth? Where is Earth? What is the role that Earth plays now that yeah. like we've conquered so many other parts of the galaxy? And I don't know if we get to it at this point. I think it's later. I think that like when they actually tell you what happened to Earth, it's like yeah. later, later. I think that was, that was the, that's when they go to, um, I think that's season three. Terra. That they call it Terra, which is like another way of saying Earth. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think that's season three history lesson. But um, you know, they start answering questions of like, you know, how did the current, how does the galaxy get to the point where it's like two different political systems at yeah. war with each other? Like, and that's that, like very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, and I think there's um this constant like repeating theme of like the phrase goes like time is a flat circle where, you know, we're so way in the future, but history repeats itself so exactly. often that we're like experiencing so many things that we have experienced, but it's also like just a repeating cycle of people, you know, fighting for their, you know, fighting for their government, getting so disengaged with their government that it let, leads someone to kind of conquer and a dictatorship arises that abuses them because yeah. they were so negligent with their um, involvement in the government. And then, you know, break away, rebel against that. And that gives them something to fight for. So it's like rinse and repeat. And, you know, and even though like Yang is like a bit too modest and humble when he says this, like he really cites like the reason why he knows so much stuff is just because he studied history and kind mm -hmm. of applies what he knows about history to kind of his thinking. And it reinforces that thought of like, it's just repeating himself. People yeah, that and don't inform themselves are just bound to do the same things, you know, and kind of just... Exactly. And I think you get a sense of that in like almost the real world applications in this series, because something that's kind of uh, this has kind of been a point of like meme joking criticism is like, you know, we're in year what, like 3900 and we got axe battles. And I think what's funny about that is that like technology has advanced to the point where they have all of these ridiculous like futuristic weapons and technology, but they're able to ca cancel each other out with the um. Uh, Zephyr particles so it makes yeah. it so like you can't shoot their laser guns so they have to bring an axe to like a gunfight so it's kind of like a nice reminder like even in the universe of how they're like you know we're going so far ahead but at the end of the day we're going to find ways to cancel each other out and it just comes back to like brutal warfare exactly yeah and, there and I love the axe battles yeah no those are great uh they're like in spacesuits, but then the contrast of like, just fucking axes <laughs> and they get brutal like dude yeah. gets fucked up with these axes there actually is an episode 
later on, yeah, uh, way later. That really, we'll talk about it later. But showcases like the whole atrocity of war. Like, yeah. it really went ham on like showing like, no, no, this isn't, this isn't fun. This yeah, is they're fun. not just like shooting laser beams at each other and blowing up. Like, now these guys are not, they're not doing well. I, I know which one you're talking about too. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no. Once it started to get into like the ideology like of stuff and like really exploring that angle, like, like a in addition to the plot and like kind of really trying to give an answer to those like tough questions of like, okay, we're not just going to have like a new ruler ruling the galaxy and it's going to be the same thing. Like what is actually right for the universe? And then it never, like it never gives a clear cut answer. It just kind of encourages you to just kind of keep thinking about it. Like I found that like really interesting. And really yeah. Good. I think it's really cool to see. Um, so that kind of, we're going to I'll bring that back up when we get to the end of season two, because there's a few more like interesting tidbits along the way. Um, But I think talk about like the most frustrating bullshit of all time is winning these ridiculous battles and then getting brought in in front of a committee that thinks you're an anarchist and that re like tears you apart. I like Yang is a better man than me because I would flip the fuck out. I would flip so much shit at these people and quit on the spot. I'd be like, let me out. I don't care. And that was like right at the beginning of season two or like, yeah. right, like in the first few episodes, I'm like, come on, man. Insult he's to like, injury. He's like the hero of El Fasi. Like he literally took Ezerloin for Fortress. Like what else do you want? Like, I hate these people. But the like, thing is, the, it's interesting yeah. to also see that, um, you know, our mystery, mystery third player, the, uh, the like the secret president or the overt president of Fazan is pulling oh. so many strings behind the scenes because yeah, you know Fazan is kind of like the independent third party planet that benefits from this war. So they're always pulling the strings to you know tip the balance one way or the other and try and even the playing field for everyone so uh, they can get more power or money or both. Yeah, yeah. No, I always found it interesting. I also like that that there was always like that third yeah. faction like Fazan just like pulling their own strings doing their own shit like okay yeah. we're gonna we're gonna come out on top because at the end of the day it's about money you know? yes so, exactly um so, I like that I didn't like the fourth faction but we'll get into them later yeah fuck the fourth faction but I do like um, it because you see so many people doing so many obviously stupid things and it's like okay why are they doing this and it's like okay these guys in power in different factions are doing stupid things because these other smarter guys are pulling the strings and are doing it for their own benefit. And it's like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. Especially when they're pulling a lot of the strings of the people in the free planets Alliance. You yeah. Know, it's like, okay. Not so free. Yeah. Um, in the chat, dancing mad mentioned, I didn't think Jessica Edwards would die so soon. So going yeah. back to season one, real quick, what do you think about Jessica Edwards? I, um, I thought she was a cool character from the get-go of, you know, she, it seems like a natural trajectory of someone who had their fiance die in battle. Their best friend is constantly going to war, even though they know that like, they don't want them to go to war. So I think they're, her joining that or starting that anti-war faction makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. I think it's like a natural trajectory and seeing the fate of that was like, like so brutal because i didn't think she was gonna die either i didn't even think she died in that scene which was of course the attempted pe peaceful protest gone wrong and uh, i didn't think she even got killed i thought she was just knocked out because i'm naive and i'm like you know they didn't show that they didn't beat the big death she <laughs> the just stadium like died. blows up she's fine right <laughs> I was like, she has to survive they didn't show the thing yeah um, 
I mean, it's true. In a show, if they don't show the body, chances are they're still alive. Yeah, that's what I thought. Everyone else got like a moment. She didn't really fully get the moment. She just kind of got knocked out. Her fiance got like a fucking like rock stabbed through him. He got the moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you knew he was dead. Called out a moment. Um, Um, But yeah, no, it sucked that like she kind of died real quick. And then that was sort of it. Um, It's awful. Um, I feel bad for Yang because that was also interesting. I don't know if you saw the two movies ahead of time. I did not. Uh, Okay, so one of them is just a prequel movie for all this stuff. And there's this really great scene of um, her and Yang dancing and it's like this dialogue, this like no dialogue scene. I'll find it for you. But essentially the whole relationship between the three of them is like, I think both Yang and Lap, 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 uh, they both had feelings for her. Um, She was kind of like caught between them, but Yang essentially hesitated. He hesitated and she decided to go with Lop. And that's kind of been the foundation of like, they both kind of have this like sense of regret, but also they accept that that's just how things are. So it's yeah, a very like complicated. Things played out. And I got, I got a sense of that. Like obviously yeah. I didn't get to see the movie and probably did a much better job of it, but I got, I got it through the flashbacks where they had like their episode together, yeah. like their second episode when they were like out and reminiscing. So I was like, yeah, that sucks. But I, yeah. I kind of see it matches with Yang's nature, though. So. Yeah, it matches his nature. Um, and they do present, I do agree that the movie does the first two episodes better. So I would recommend that. But yeah, yeah so you always get this really complicated, you know, uh, unresolved feelings. But, you know, they accepted everything. They're not going to make a move. They respect their friend too much. You know, it's it, what's done is done. Yeah. Well, et cetera. So I think it was really sad seeing that happen, especially because, you know, Yang's whole thing is he does not want to be at war. He doesn't want anyone dragged into like conflicts like this. So seeing him just looking so depressed afterwards, like felt bad. That just hurt. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people die in the show. Just say that after everything. You're like, yo, that was sad. Yeah. A lot of people die. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people die in the show. People die when they're killed. Um, people die when they are killed. Um, yeah. I think no, like, I don't know, like she just died so quick. And I thought like they were setting her up for like, like a bigger arc or something was going to happen. But it was just like, no, just it's just showing you how the Free Planets Alliance is just fucked. Like all they just kinds suck of ass. Yeah, they just suck. And that's a good transition to going back to season two and how like these guys are like freaking trying like the wrong guy, <laughs> like Yang over like some bullshit. And they're just keeping him there. Like, seriously. Yeah, you know, and we know no why sense. they are, because the Vizan people want to try and take Ishaloran. They want the Empire to take Ishaloran fo- uh, Fortress, so they want to get Yang away from there to give them a strategic right, right, advantage. That's right. So that's the smart reason. But no one else knows that, so they're like, okay, so fuck this dumb. shit. Fuck I mean, this a shit. a good example of that is um, at the end of, uh, which what was it? Oh, maybe it was this season. What was the one where... Um, Admiral Greenhill, which is Frederica's dad. That's in season two. That's in season two. Okay. This is so all in season example. two. Yeah, yeah. Where the where Arthur Lynch, the admiral that like Yeah, that, that guy they turned that he was like, haha, psych, you guys believe that it's actually the Empire controlling all this shit. You guys are yeah. dumb. Here's the documents. Here's the receipts. Yeah. Okay. So that's all the same season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. Jessica no, dies in this season. Season one. Two. No, two. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm getting yeah. like the dates mixed up. Okay. No. Oh, no, no. Uh, Muska Art says in the chat, the coup was season one. Was it season one? Yeah. Okay. Damn. Getting the dates mixed up. Okay. So the Get coup was season one, up. but then in season two, they are trying 
Yang. Like they bring him yeah. back and you know, they're doing it again. Yeah. Let's <laughs> so, do it, run it again. Um, yeah. And so that's going on season two. And then, uh, and then, yeah, like Frederica. Oh, so she died before Kirtius. I just, you know, you know, Kirtius dies and I forget everything. I'm just like ripped my boy, you know, feel bad. Okay. So she died before him. That's a good, that's a good reminder. Um, yeah, the coup does happen in season one. So I guess that is, that makes sense. Okay. That's so cool because I'm, it's coming back to me now because uh, Reinhardt actually set up the coup because he knew they would be going through the civil war. So he's like, I got to get the Alliance yeah. focusing on their own shit while I take care of this, yeah, which so they is don't so take smart. advantage of this. Yeah. It all makes sense. Okay. Max, master tacticians. Uh, but that's seriously, my goat. it's so easy, like how throughout the show, they could just literally make them do what they wanted, like puppets, like just kind of control them. Like, all right, have them, you know. But it's because like the government and the society was already so volatile that it yeah. was just kind of easy to just Tip the throw scale. a wrench Ooh. in their plans. That's um, wild. But yeah, no, and I do like that you get more of the sense of this in season two that the show does set up like more of this like like more gray area like there is truly no well there is later but like there's truly no villain like like reinhardt's not completely in the right for like what he's doing neither is yang by his own like admission like you don't know what yep. the right you know there's everybody has a story and also like there's their uh, own motives yeah yeah and like they're all not there's no right way, clearly, because yeah. some things might like democracy didn't work, the autocracy from Rudolph didn't work. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and then also I think the beginning of season two, while Yang is going into this inquiry, um, we start to see the introduction of two of the big dogs, the big players, um, Mittermeier and Ruenthal. Like you know, people I knew would be a big deal, but up through season one, I knew nothing about. So they start going into their backstory. They're kind of like two sides of the same coin. Mittermeier, uh, respect all queens, loves women in like a respectful way. He's just like a stand-up guy. Um, he's a commoner, the, tw the twin stars. I should have called them that. Um, he, you know, respects women really, um, you know, just a real wholesome dude who has his ideals and believes in them. And then you got Ruenthal who hates women. He hates his mom. He hates that he's alive. He hates like, you know, so many different, um, that's, I think it, that's why they get along. They're, they get along. They're two sides of the same, the coin. same coin. Um, yeah. and we get to see with, um, Ruenthal, the direct consequence of the 500 year, um, autocracy of Rudolph, where they have that, uh, like genetic purity thing. So everyone, they do believe, I think, even though it's more relaxed in this time, you got that whole um, blonde hair, blue eyed thing. And I guess they are so focused on genetic purity that they don't understand how genetics and mutations work. So they don't know that heterochromidia, I think I'm saying that right, is um, the uh, where like your eyes are two different colors. They don't understand that's a mutation and not a sign that your mom cheated on your dad with someone with brown eyes. They don't know that. So like, so they, you know, time is also a flat circle, but going backwards. So, yeah. you know, you see the negative impact of that on his life and outlook and how um, it does fundamentally represent a part of himself that resents existence and the nobility. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was in uh, season two, right? Yeah. So, yeah. cause we got to know more of him. And then also that's when, um, 
Hildegard uh, or Hilda, Hilda started coming more into the fold and she was kind of like noticing his ambitions and like yeah. was worried about what he was going to try to do, even though he like it wasn't on his radar yet. I don't know what yeah. he said, but people got the vibes from him. Um, I yeah. love Hilda. I think she's an uh, non-toxic girl boss. You know, she has a good sense for the politics and she has she's probably like. You know, if we break it down, she might be a top three, top four smartest character in the series, which is really so impressive. Yeah, what? I don't know. I think I think so too. Yeah. I she, think like she in some aspects, she might be better than Reinhardt. I agree, because she has a good like she has very good perspective. She's very insightful. She knows when uh she knows when she's not knowledgeable as like later on, like he offers to let her command a fleet and she's like, I've never served like I've never served. Like this will not be a good you know, these guys will not want to follow me. I don't think I should command them like good insight and perspective. So yeah. she's a queen. Yeah. I love her. Um, I guess best girl, best girl, best girl, best girl. Yeah. Oh, let me double check. Best girl. <laughs> There's not many com competitors, but I think girls. she's best girl. Best not girl. many girls. Um, but yeah, she's um, queen. I love her. And she's a great introduction to the cast. I think she has a great dynamic with Reinhardt and she kind of serves as like, you know, She's never going to replace Kirtiase, but she does a good job of bringing out the humanity in him. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I don't think okay. I can say, I don't know if I'm a Keteros fan, um, Karen. She looks, she's really cute, but she's, like, I don't think her. She's somewhere like in my list. Like I do like her as a character, but like, like in terms of like, if I'm comparing her to Hilda, clearly, yeah. you know, there's a stark. I, you know what? I, I, I like her because I feel like. I don't know if this is rude to say, but I feel like she's just like a precursor to Oscar. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say <laughs> it. I was gonna say it. I, like I was her. gonna say it. I was like, is she just the prototype to Oscar? Yeah, I she's feel just, like she's which, the Oscar. After I finished the show, I went to fucking look it up, and like, she's not like actually like Oscar wasn't based off her, but I'm like, damn. But it feel it feels so believable. She feels like she is at least yeah. design wise. The red hair, blue eye combo is very rare. Yeah. So, but technically, I I think this part because she came in the fourth season, right? Like she came mm -hmm. really late. And I mm -hmm. think that didn't air or come out till after Evangelion. I don't because, know. Let me check. Because it was a 10 year span. It was like 1988 yeah. to like 1998. Yeah, let me I check. But whatever. <laughs> Doesn't tell me when these episodes came I mean, out, I but... really like her dynamic with Julian and even yeah. with her like dad and stuff. Like she's cool. Yeah. I think she's definitely good, but I don't think she's Legends of the Galactic Heroes good, if you know what I mean. Yeah, man. But she's really cute and she has a great design. So I respect her as a waifu pick, but I, Hilda is my best girl. Hilda is queen. Hilda good. Hilda um, good. I, um, yeah. I do have more to say on Hilda, but I will wait on that one for later. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just because, like, I feel bad. You know what? I'll just say it now. I just feel bad for Hilda. Like, because I don't know if Reinhardt ever truly loved her. That, I don't know. That's a good question. Like I, like, I, like, I know that she was cool with it. Like, she was just like, whatever. I'm still excited by the times and like that I get to live in this life and do all these crazy shit. You know, she has her own like ambitions and she rolls with it. But I was like, mm, I don't know, man, this dude, like really thinking hard about Kirky ice. Yeah. Like, that's a funny thing. Is that like, you know, ever in the story, it's like Kirky ice and Anna Rose, Anna Rose, like they both have feelings for each other, but also everyone's always like Ryan Harding Kirky ice. Cause they got the vibes. They got the dedication, the vibes, the promise. And that's why it's like, how much is he still thinking about him? But also, how much of is he just like not able to connect with people because he's so set on his goals? That's my true. question. That's probably like, true too. Is he just so set on that? But I think 
you know, as much as he's able to love a person, I think the top two for him are obviously his sister and Kirti Ice. And then I think Hilda would be like the Pretty next year down. Everybody that's in the locket himself, his sister, <laughs> and Kirti like, You're not in the locket. You don't make yeah. the fucking cut. If you're not <laughs> in the it. locket. You're dead to me. I love that's that. It. Yeah. You're just, you're always going to be fourth. <laughs> Yeah, you're always playing for Actually, just because I've been like rereading Nana, it just reminds me of Takumi telling Hachi, just like, hey, just so you know, you're always going to be second to work. So <laughs> I will spend 90% of my time on work and 10% on you. But yeah. like, as long as you're cool with it. So yeah. yeah. But I think it's interesting because, like, I don't know if he had the capacity to love someone in the same way a normal person would, but I think that plays into the aspect that, like, he never feels like a true normal human being he feels like a living legend for better or worse for better and worse yeah. like i don't think he has that like i sense. feel i Go feel ahead. like essentially the two characters essentially became symbols like that's what they were yeah i, I know they're the title of the show but yeah <laughs> yeah know, they, but, but that's but essentially he, what they were so devoted to the cause that yeah. like you know they kind of transcended that stuff also did not know the j was silent in a i thought it was I actually really Julian? Yeah, I was like, I wasn't sure. How I to think it is it. Julian, though. I don't, I don't like, remember them the saying Julian. It's, they go like, they, like, it has like a Y sound, which makes sense, like Julian. But mm -hmm. if I'm pronouncing it in English, I, I think it would be Julian. But if we're going Spanish, I didn't even expect that. That would be Julian. <laughs> Julian. That sounds a bit more like, you know, um, what are the Spanish soap opera channel? What's that called? Which one? What's the Spanish soap opera channel? Oh, Univision? Yeah, there's another. I feel like Telemundo. There's another, Telemundo. <laughs> I'm getting yeah, Telemundo, Telemundo of the Galactic Heroes. Julian. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we could do a dub. <laughs> oh my God, that would be so funny. Julian. Oh, Julian. That would be so funny. See, that's Japanese. He's Julian. a goat too, but we could get to that later. Um, um, okay, so season. So still on the season. I mean, a lot of there was a lot of battles this season. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things was the Battle of Vermilion, which was like the final. Unless there's something before that you're thinking of, but uh, like it was the last battle of the season, essentially. Um, it's essentially the big battle between Yang and Reinhard, the Alliance versus the Empire. This is the big boss fight. Um, this is it. So thoughts on this. So did you think it was, I mean, the battle was great, but yeah. did you feel like it was a disappointing victory or were you like unsatisfied by how it concluded? Yeah, I think battle. it was disappointing for everyone. No okay, matter what side sure. you're on, everyone is disappointed and you just want to die, as per usual with the Alliance government. Like, Reinhardt was like, I just wanted to be killed by him. Where he's like, I, like want I just wanted to kill him. Well, funny people mentioned the Kuroko no Basket reference. Um, Reinhardt is looking at this like a sports anime. He wants to win on his own terms. He wants to win. He wants to win because he's the best. So... He doesn't want to win because someone else forfeited. He wanted to beat. Um, he wanted to beat Yang on even terms. But it's also funny because it's never really even terms. Yang is always the underdog. He never has enough people, and he is just going forward and like trying to take them all out. Yeah. Um, that's why he's the goat. But that's uh, why he's the no, goat. He, it's amazing. I, I do, it's I do respect that about Reinhardt. You know, like wanting to just win on his own terms so yeah it's always cool um but that, that's actually a lot with a lot of the admirals on the empire side they're a lot very like you know doing things with chivalry or 
you know, like that's why Oberstein never sits well with them. They're just always like, they all hate Oberstein. And it's really funny. That's another line that would always be funny is anyone talking about Oberstein. It's like the funniest line of all time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a whole other bit of comedy in itself. Just that like becoming a recurring thing. (laughs) Yeah. You're right. That is really funny. I got to bring up my favorite comments on that, but, um, yeah. yeah, so it looks like I have this really great screenshot that was like really like exciting when I took it. And it's like I think it's like Yang's flagship is flagship chip is right in front of um Brian Hart's and he's yeah. looking at it and he's like, Holy shit, like this might be the end. It and was because so crazy in that moment, it, you thought this was it. I thought it was over. And then of course the alliance fucking up did Yang in again, as usual. Yang can never win because the alliance is so bad. Uh, I hate it they're here. So they're so bad. Like I hate they're just it. so frustrating. You feel like, so bad for him, and you're just like, oh, like oh my they're god. They're the ones sabotaging him. Like it's just yeah. the worst. You know. Um it's like and you know, naturally I for people who have forgotten, I don't think anyone can forget. Um, you know, Yang is about to go in for the kill and they get the notice. Uh the alliance has surrendered. Ceasefire. Like, you gotta stop because um, Mitchermeyer, Hilda, and Ruenthal have, you know, they approached the Heineson government, um, and they are like, you know, they show up, they approach the government, and they're like, you know, cease fire, or we will blow your ass up. And they're like, they're also, all of the leaders are sitting there in the bunker, and they're like, guys, we gotta, we, we gotta keep fighting. And then, of course, Truant, this dumbass, is like, Nah, fuck it. And everyone hates him because they're like, you're about to use democracy to undermine democracy. And he's like, yes. <laughs> yes, Thank I God. have. And it's like, he has the audacity to blame Yang taking out one of the, the planet's defenses when it was taken over by the um, by the coup. He has the audacity to say, well, Yang shouldn't have destroyed all of the um, whatever necklace defense system. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in this position. And you're like, I hate you. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> Die. It's like the it. biggest, like he's like the biggest bullshitter, like just like, <sighs> pulling stuff out that like doesn't really matter. It's like, okay, come on. Yeah. You're just throwing stuff out just to blame him for something. Um, but like, and no, and you think about like how good that battle was building up to be. Like, it was crazy because like, you know, like Reinhardt was like almost killed, like like he was almost getting killed. Then Muller comes out of nowhere, like saves him, and then keeps transferring him to ships. I think yes. it was that battle. And you're like, yo, how are you this gonna dude. get him? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And then he finally closes in on him, and then that happens. But I do have to say though, the one thing that came out of it, which was like an amazing and like really surreal moment, like of seeing them two, both of them coming into a room, boarding the ship, and just talking face to face that might be um that might be like my favorite part of the show i'm not sure there are kind of like five moments that are in the back of my head of like this is like a true goat moment like this is when we're like getting to the peak of peak and i think the conversation between yang and reinhardt is like i think that's episode what like 53 is that 53? Yeah, like uh, 54. 54, 50, yeah. 50, I don't know, one of those. 54, correct. You got it. Um, That whole exchange from, like, the looks on their faces, that's where, like, I think the character design and the det- attention to detail for the faces are able to convey such indescribable emotion because you have 
Reinhardt giving this like very peculiar smile, almost like this like kind of a humble smile. And Yang is just like in disbelief of Reinhardt because he's such a larger than life figure that like yeah. he's kind of like, yo, this is the dude like he's fucking here. Um, and then they have the probably one of the coolest conversations I've seen in anime where, uh, you know, Yang has been thoroughly defeated by democracy because it's so incompetent. And he's talking democracy to Reinhardt and defeated him. <laughs> defeated him to true incompetence and you know reinhardt is like you know if it wasn't for democracy you would have beaten me like how can you still defend it and there's this one really cool line that he says essentially that's like i have to look up the exact quote but it essentially says that like you know when the people kind of abandon the government and they abandon their they push all of the problems and the success onto one person and that's too much for that individual to bear yeah it's a great line and it's like Themes really coming back <laughs> it really poignant and Reinhard can't really disagree on it because he's like like fair enough he's kind of like fair enough and they both kind of agree to disagree which yeah you know they have the utmost respect for each other yeah. but they were never going to agree on anything except you know if you're going to go to war, be on the front lines. I think that's like what they agree with. Yeah. I mean, I, I really did like that. Their conversation was like so civil and you could clearly see they had so much like respect for each other yeah. and like, you know, um, but like, I mean, it's like, unfortunately, like it was, should have been like the first conversation out of many and it could have been, but you know, but I would love that friendship. Yeah. Like it could have like led to more uh, conversations. And even though like they wouldn't have agreed, cause I feel like in Reinhardt's mind, it's like, oh, okay. That's a lot for, you know, uh, one person to handle, but that person's not me. You know? yeah, <laughs> so but they're, they're not, they're not built like me. I'm yeah. built different. <laughs> like, yeah. That other person has that problem, not me. But yeah. Um, yeah, but I feel like later on, I think he started, started, sort of started to get it, but yeah. Um, um, but yeah, that was like the pinnacle of that season. And here is like, where I still was sort of like, okay, we've reached this point in the show. Reinhard is like about to unify the rest of the galaxy. Democracy's kind of dying. Yeah. Uh, Yang's gonna go do his own stuff, own thing, or retire. Oh, how did? What did you think of him? His proposal to Frederica. Oh, I thought it was amazing. That's so I cute. It. I love. I thought them. it was adorable. It was just like the best thing ever. I was like, because so I didn't think they, he'd actually go through with it. I was like, oh, yeah. hey. They're actually, you know, I was afraid that he still had too many like feelings for Jessica or he was too like, you know, you know, kicking his yeah, feet. Yeah, because I didn't know if he saw her that way, because again, like you said, feelings for Jessica, he was kind of focused on everything else. She made it seem like it was more of just like a crush on the sidelines. Yeah. She was never going to reveal until uh, didn't like someone encourage her to do it. Yeah, I, I forget who I think it was. Yeah. the who's the one guy who's like their advisor? I forget. Um. I, I forgot remember. the name, uh, but he's like, he was one of the, he's one of the bros. Yeah. Anyways, either way, yeah. I was like so happy for them. And like, now they had peace and I was just it's like so happy cute. for the whole like vibe that they had. And then it was like, it was great. And then that's part of what broke me later on, but we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. So they were cute and Yang finally gets his vacation under yes. house arrest, but he gets his vacation. Yeah. And where she like feeds him i think yeah kind of but she's not good at cooking apparently so oh that's right that was funny that was a good dynamic she's a go i love her yeah she's great um, um yeah so i guess that's the end of season two 
democracy kind of done, but we find out that the essentially the alliance is kind of like they're under like ceasefire and they're being like overseen by a uh I don't think it was, it was actually full disclosure Frederica was actually my favorite female character up until this point I think I realized yeah oh yeah I think that makes sense because I really like, liked her dynamic with Yang and I really yeah. liked like she always came up and she's like hey here's a coffee with the brandy in it <laughs> oh that was great I think okay I think this is not proven but circumstantial evidence I think proves it I think that Frederica and Yang's dynamic and relationship is like the blueprint for Roy and Riza in Full Metal Alchemist and my mm. circumstantial evidence that proves it is that the um Legend of the Galactic Heroes author also wrote that series on like Arsland. I forget the full name. You probably heard of it. Oh, okay. I, I know what you're talking about. I haven't watched and it. And that's only a book that I think it only exists as a book, but um, the and, Full Metal but, Alchemist was, mangaka is, did the manga. like manga adaptation of that story. So she knows of his work and the, they line up too well. The background stories hit too much. I think that they, I think they're the blueprint. No one has confirmed that. But I, I'm headcanoning that. Yeah. Well, you're getting some support in the chat for that headcanon. So might be true. I think that's I think it's pretty, got the vibes. That's pretty good. That's a pretty Thank good uh, theory. That's my that's my thing. Um I can actually see it. I, I like the the dynamic, so it's yeah, good. it's that same kind of like it's there's a lot like respectful of respectful sort of admi like admires him for like, you know, kind of his um like ad like respect, admiration mixed in with like, I don't know, a sense of loyalty and also like a developing like crush, but then they're like, probably shouldn't say it. And then mm -hmm. it's just like kind of there. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, I can see it. I I will headcanon it. So I'm saying that, but um, yeah. So I guess that's the end of season two. Um, Yeah, and at this point, how were you feeling? Where you're like, I really like the show. I was really into it. I was into the whole Ease Loan like dynamic with all the bros and everybody Squad. And, like, it was just super fun uh you know sure they didn't win it really sucked and now like some people were kind of like ready to like bounce from the ship but it was still all good and you know i still really like yang so i like the yang gang. Gonna at least get some peace now and it was good you know i like that and um i like some of the admirals in the empire and kind of curious to see where that goes but i was i was good with the show just it was more of like Still didn't know where it was going next, but you know, yeah. Because at um, that point we're like, okay, we still have like over fifty episodes to go. What's go what's like, going on? You clearly know something's gotta go down. Something's but, gotta and, go. And also, I guess like the other part of me was just like, well, I'll say it later, but um, how did you feel like now, like at this point in the show? So I had seen the conversation between Yang and Ryan Hard, like actually years ago. Um like I saw the clip out of context and that's part of what made me so interested in starting the series. So I was very excited to get to that clip that I had seen many years ago and, um, you know, see the context of it. I thought it happened much later on, just like I thought most things happened much later on. And uh, I thought that was just like a really perfect, like perfect scene. I think, you know, Yang was always going to be a favorite but I think that moment cemented him as like an all-time favorite, like in the face of overwhelming disappointment and <clears throat> incompetence from democracy to still defend democracy is like, 
such a great way of showing him sticking to his ideals and his true beliefs in like the coolest way ever. It was a really cool way of saying like democracy has systematically failed, but I still believe in the system behind the system and spirit of democracy. And I think that was really cool. Wait, so which scene was this again? Sorry. This which is the conversation with him and Reinhardt. Oh, okay. Okay. That conversation is just like, yeah. Yeah. Peak. Woo. Yeah. Woo. No. yeah. Yeah. I don't know that. I, I think Yang's commitment to his ideals is what like, it's like, how could you not respect him and like him? Like for, you know, like just sticking with it. And it's like, and he kind of like knew that it could work. It's just like, you know, people just weren't doing the right thing. So yeah. Yang, Yang gang. Like, I guess the, the, the greatest parts of this when it's just been, cause he was so consistent all along, even from the beginning when, uh, Shenkov like joined and he asked yeah. him like, so why are you doing this? And he just was like, well, I just want to retire, you know? And like, he, yeah. he never, he never wanted to grab onto power. And even in the moments, even later on, which is, I think in this third season, that's a whole conversation about like, this is the perfect time. And this is a good transition for you to like seize power, make your own government, do your own thing, own thing. And he's still adamant about like, no, like that's just goes yeah. against, you know, the whole point of yeah. um, what I'm trying to do and like what I believe in. And he just um, don't, won't do it. And it's so much more advantageous for him to do it, but yeah, still sticks to his guns. I really like, um, going cough. Going the cough. I I really liked his character. I mean, from the get go, he's the badass who makes shit happen. I mean, he's he's the guy with the axe going in and like fucking shit up. And he's won so many ridiculous fights. So like, he's a true badass. But I always respect him for being that kind of like very understandable, reasonable voice of reason of like, Yang. I know you have these ideals that mean a lot to you, but like, you sticking to your ideals is so dis like it's you know it's not advantageous for everyone it's not even advantageous for the ideals you say you believe in it's like i it's kind of like saying like you know he's kind of that voice of reality of like you are going to impact a lot of people negatively by sticking to your ideals and then yang always does it and i think he's definitely one of the best characters in the show definitely underappreciated um and i think that He's like, it's good that we always have that. It's good that we have people that don't always agree with Yang. And yeah. he, actually, a lot of people disagree with Yang on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah. But like, like, it's cool to see that. a very eccentric guy, but you know. Yeah. It's cool like to him. have that sense of like a reminder that like you're sticking to your ideals, but this will hurt everyone by you not bucking the system. No. And coming from him, it's like, it really means a lot too. You yeah, because it's just like because okay, he's seen this, both sides. This like, is like a dude that like really sticks to you know his guns and what he believes in. Like you could tell that from the first moment he's introduced when like I don't know he throws the champagne on that guy that like is yeah he was sticking up for that guy being an asshole and he's like yeah, yeah. fuck off yeah but so and and he was kind of like he came over to Yang's side because when they asked like oh what are you doing this for like you know uh, world peace essentially and Yang's like well there's never been like peace longer than like 20 years. So I'm just going to shoot for that. And he's like, okay, so this is a realistic, like normal dude. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Um, but pretty much, uh, so a lot of love for Shenkov. Um, great, great character actually, uh, gets it done. I will say it now. Should I say, it? yeah, fuck it. He has like the best death in like the whole fucking show. 
Yeah, yeah, he just he kind of like goes out like a boss. I don't know. That's Dude, an interesting. I wasn't list. even the like. Best you know what? I'm just gonna go into it now. I wasn't even. I couldn't even be sad. I was just like, I want to be sad. I don't want to see him go. But he just went out like a fucking boss. Like I was sad because I was like, I was because at that point I'm like, yo, everyone's dropping like flies. I don't like this. No, but I'm I, like, he did I'm have a bad. But like, he like kept like to his word and he kept his dignity so i don't know i'm gonna disagree on best death but we're gonna get there you'll find well, out okay i won't say best death but one no, of you're saying death. most badass but i also slightly disagree we'll see i like it you are correct but i have my thoughts on something else well no i i knew i was like i knew like i wasn't too sure if like it was the best death but i still consider it like the best one of the best deaths or bad yeah. stuff. Okay, <laughs> I have, yeah, this is like, fuck the character ranking. Let's do the death ranking. That's the way yeah. we're really here for. Bro, That's there's just so we're... many deaths. We should just have a death ranking. <laughs> death, <laughs> death <tier>. Um. Okay, <laughs> uh, but anyway, it with- uh, Our season uh, breakdown. Yeah, Speaking of so, death, death of the, um, death of the can, Alliance you know into what? season three. I'm just gonna get into season three. I don't remember much. I just remember season three broke me, okay? Because <laughs> you're too, <laughs> crying. Oh, too busy crying. Um, yeah, man. Uh, season so, three was 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 hard. <laughs> season three is really hard, and I knew that season three would be a lot of big dick energy across the board from like epic crying, like everything. Because I I'm gonna I'm gonna be a bit of a big meanie. I didn't really like the first two ops of of like season one opening and season two opening. I wasn't too big on him. Then we get to season three's opening, and I'm like, yo. We got a good opening. We're in for some shit. Like we're in for some like good stuff. And that's like now become one of my favorite openings. Like just Reinhard walking across the galaxy and he's walking past Yang in the last shot and they do the like look behind thing. That's no, like I love I love the visuals for that opening. And I was like reading into that too. I was like, oh shit, does that mean <laughs> you like know, damn Yang's going further away? I'm like, no. Uh, I do not like OP4. We'll get to that later. Yeah, um, we, we have that on the docket. Trust yeah. me. It's, it's on there. Um, and he's just so like walking it. past and it's a, it's a great opening. Um, I mean, I so, never was big on the OPs. Uh, I mean, like, I, I know I'm like a full-time OP skipper, but, uh, you know, like the first one was all right. I respect it. The second one was okay. But the visuals though, like at least for that third one, you know, yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah. Um, I think the second one had good visuals too, right? I, I think know, it was decent. Yeah, it was decent. I just didn't like the song. I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I ever liked the music. I don't remember the song for the third OP though. Third OP is pretty epic. That it sounds almost like an anthem, like yeah, national anthem kind of thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I definitely like the visuals. So. Yeah, that third opening definitely the best for me. I'm not sure which my favorite ending is because ending one and ending three are both equally devastating. So we can get to that later. But yeah. Um. So we start off with Yang can't catch a break. He is now. <laughs> Like, they think that he, um, oh, I guess we should end on this because this is actually an important character we haven't mentioned. But at the end of season two, he essentially told Admiral Mercats, like, you guys go off and kind of like, you guys will pretend you guys have died in action and you guys kind of form the future resistance now. And yeah. so the government thinks that he is responsible for that, which he is, but they don't have evidence. So they're just professional haters. Yeah, they're just kind of blaming it on him because it's all, it's always Yang. It's like, no, no, no it's, it's always Yang. Mercats, you know? Yeah, no, it's and Yang. it's funny to see because it's like, you know, the imperial, like, governor is like, yeah, fuck Yang. 
And then his Yangzhou government is like, we need to survive. So also fuck Yang. And yeah. <laughs> so they, he really They're can't get like, to break. Yeah, fuck Yang. Cause I think, uh, Oberstein manipulated, uh, whoever to blame, uh, Yang. And then for that, I don't uh, think Oberstein, I don't know if Oberstein I heard, manipulated. I heard Oberstein manipulated one of his admirals or whatever, Lenin Kampf, who was stationed on like, I think the. Free I think line? he let Lenin Kampf do it, but I don't think he planted that seed in his mind. Gotcha. Okay. I think he just let him do it and didn't stop it, which could essentially be the same. But he was just like, I think Oberstein would have been okay with imprisoning Yang. Yeah. And so he let the other guy do it. Yeah. But point is, they always blame Yang, and it's like they always blame Yang. Can't catch a break, and then he doesn't like fight them on it. He kind of just takes it so it's like it makes it well, tougher because but, it's like but this time they want him to die and he's like fuck that i'm not dying for you guys right yeah okay and then um, at least smartly he's like okay my life is a little a little bit more worth he's like that. i would never plan he's he's like you know it, it's admirable to be self-sacrificial and it's like i never claimed to be <laughs> self-sacrificial like fuck that I, mean, I like democracy but you yeah know, yeah gotta so look out for number one <laughs> So yeah, so they're gonna try and kill him, and we got the Rosenritzers going full Akira on the streets. They're taking down everyone. I got um, Skonkoff like on top of like a fucking tank with like a bazooka going after the president to hold him hostage. And then we got uh, Yang almost gets shot, and Frederica takes the shooter out like a true boss. It was great. That was awesome. Yeah, couple it's goals. Like that gun training paid off. It's like, Shh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that um, was awesome. And uh, so, yeah, essentially they take people hostage so Yang can escape. And then Reinhardt is back and he's getting Reinhardt is back home and he's getting like weirdly restless because the war is over and he's kind of like, OK, now what do I do? Like, I don't really he's kind of getting restless and weird and he doesn't really know what to do because he's only ever been at war or fought for something. So he's getting kind of weird, but he also doesn't want to blame Yang for stuff because he's like. I respect Yang. You guys are all being dumbasses. So he doesn't think it's fair. But then essentially he has enough reason to kind of go to war eventually. So he's, yeah, like, he's like, we're back on it. Go back to war. There's enough ammo. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, Even though like Yang's not the one fighting him, it's uh, Bukok. At least. That's yeah. Well, that's so. That's because the Alliance sent him. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So Yang escapes defects from the Alliance and everyone. So he's just like, a, you know, his own state. So then it's like, um, which I think is a good, healthy move for Yang, you know, like this, yes. this Alliance Yang thing, it just wasn't healthy. It was a very, it was toxic, not working out toxic and, relationship. It was very one-sided. He's like, you know what? I got to do me. I got to separate myself. And it was good. It was a good move. Yeah. And also this is where we get the first, not real first, but the major, um, bullshit of the terrorists because they try to assassinate Ryan hard. Um, terrorists of course are everyone's favorite cult from earth who believe that you know power should return to the earth and so they go around and they try and kill a bunch of people and they're in like annoying how, like, cloaks it and pretty shit. much sounds like we're just saying terrorists it, like, it's got to be a wordplay it is just, got to be a wordplay they are terrorists who are terrorists um but yeah. yeah then that was like the first of how many attempts on reinhardt's life after that like i think four to five i think in the series. i don't know yeah, there's a lot, but they tried to do it through um, Hilda's cousin, and right, um, what's his face? Um, yeah, that dude. Yeah, and uh, that's and I feel like that's like 
when Reinhardt started being kind of like, well, he starts having this really like badass kind of sense. Like if this is as much as my lot life is allotted for me, then so be it. But like, they kind of like, fuck y'all. Yeah. yeah. Um, And I think it's kind of starts, I think, I don't know. This is a question. Do you think Reinhardt ever looked out for his legacy or just his own accomplishments as an individual? Um, like legacy as in like what came after him, like, the low and like, like dynasty. Looking, yeah. Like he was looking for the long term. I, I think he was always looking more towards his accomplishments and, um, what he could do with his own power. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Because he was just looking more at the immediate. Um, and he was looking probably, he didn't think he was going to go so soon. He was probably looking to be around for a long time. Yeah, because he definitely is interested in, like, changing the way the government works. But I never got the same impression that he cared about, like, the future after he died. As yeah, because my evidence for that is really, like, the last few episodes. But I don't know yep. if I want to get into that yet. Um, yeah. Because I know, like, he does mention, like, his legacy towards the end. But there's reasons for me to believe, though, it's, like, not as important to him. He's, like, he sets the foundation, but he's, like, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, I did what I did. It's... The, the next person has to prove themselves worthy enough to be able yeah. to run with it, you know, which is kind of his attitude, like all along. It's like, Hey, whoever wants to challenge me, take it. Come at me. me. Yeah. Come at me. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then he's kind of like, okay. And this part, he gets kind of restless. And then he's like, okay, no, I do actually have to unify the government. The Alliance are too stupid for their own sakes. And it, something I always appreciate about Reinhardt is he never respects people who are have very faulty ideals or morals or who turn on their own people like yeah. he doesn't respect people betraying whoever to serve him so he doesn't respect the alliance government turning on yang the only person he considers like close to being an equal in terms of prowess like he doesn't respect them turning on him he's like on on them like them betraying yang he's like i don't respect this and it's too incompetent so they gotta stop and i love that yeah, I mean, he has made uh, very few exceptions on that, but it it like it depends if there was like a logical reason. I'm only thinking yeah. of Oberstein. Like Oberstein technically like left in disgrace, it, came back, but Oberstein yeah. he had a good reason that he couldn't refute. Yeah. It was like okay, Oberstein and Fahrenheit, they were both people who could like also offer him like, you know, they also offered him like a lot of uh, they had a lot of um, they brought a lot to the table. What else happened in a uh, season three? Minus so the, I guess, uh, you know, stuff. it's all the sense of, Sorry you if know, it's like blurry to me, guys. It's no, like, it's a bit blurry to I me too. on parts, you know, so. Yeah. So this is essentially the breakdown of like the Alliance. They're kind of like killing each other. All the leaders are killing each other because they're like, oh, like they're not sure what to do. But essentially, um, Admiral Bukok, our favorite MVP goat, elderly leader goat, he comes out of retirement for one last battle and uh, you get the sense that like he knows it's the end. And there's this really sad shot of like his old his wife bringing him his uniform and like you just know this is the end. Um, and it's like it's really sad. But um, so Admiral Bukak goes and it's, they have this really this is where the narrator actually I mean, the narrator is generally good, but the narrator drops this really cold line. It's like it, this is the last time uh, the Admiral fleet um, took off. And you're like, chills. Uh, mm. Chills. It hurts. And it's it just sucks. Chills. It was like so inevitable. Like you knew this guy did not have a chance at all. Like they were just 
Like he's good. He's formidable in his own right. But at this point, like they don't they, have they, knew they were just sending him to his own death and like the Alliance could not do anything else. And it was just, it was just kind of sad. And I like that he wouldn't take anyone under the age of 30. He's kind of like, this is our mess. It's our turn to clean it up. I thought that was really cool. And I think that last battle that he had was really cool. It, it was in like this asteroid belt and they had a lot of interesting like strategic advantages of yeah, like yeah. the spacing and everything like the tactics of that was really cool. He put um, up a really good fight. And it leads to, um, you know, he loses and it leads to the toast to democracy, which is also one of the best moments in the series for me. Um, I reread this yesterday. I think I have the quote down a bit. So he's like, goes on screen with Reinhardt and he's like, um, you know, you're really impressive. I can't serve you though, because, you know, I'm an old man. And also um, democracy is about like, being a good friend and making good friends, not having good masters or being a good servant. And I'd rather be a good friend than a good servant. And then he and um, he toasted democracy and then they get hit. And there's this really cool scene with Reinhardt where he's like doing the necklace thing, you know, wherever he's kind of feeling like conflicted yeah. or like thinking of Kirti Ice. And right. it's second half of the show. Yeah. He's like always healing. Always with the and, necklace. Yeah, and and um, not in the locket, you're not not in the locket. You're not in his life. Uh, <laughs> but and it's like really touching. And I was at first, I thought it was just like, oh, yeah, he misses Kirtuais's like reminder of friendship. And I went way back in my screenshots. And back in season one, there's this conversation between Kirtuais and Reinhardt where he's like, if only we could be friends with Yang. And I was like, damn, no friendship allowed in the Empire. Nope. No. Only servants. <laughs> only servants. Uh, and that comes back later, too. But um, yeah. so that fight is very epic. Loved it. Yeah, um, that was a good fight. That was good. Um, yeah, that's that, one of my favorite. I kind of forgot the, the toast, show. but the toast was pretty epic too. Like a lot of people went out like bosses in the show. I forgot. Yeah, about that's that. one of the best bosses. Uh, but I mean, best uh, boss deaths. deaths. Boss yeah. deaths. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. badass. Okay. Yeah. Well, we got to do the death ranking later. We will do the death ranking. Yeah. <laughs> it um, sounds so morbid. The death ranking. The death um, ranking. Um, and then of course we get the fight with Yang and Ryan Hard again. Yeah, part two. Although. That concluded in like a sort of retreat slash stalemate. Right? Yeah. Like that was because like Reinhardt gets sick and passes out. Right. And then Yang's people they can't are depleted. Yeah. So they can't really fight back. And then Reinhardt has a dream of Curtis. He's like, engage in peace talks with Yang. So actually, okay. So let's pause here and like talk about that. So, because I feel like now we're in the third season, it, it's pretty much going to carry to the fourth. How did you feel about the space cancer? I know it's not um, space cancer, but like yeah, just it's Reinhardt the old fashioned suddenly... Japanese flu. It's the Japanese flu. He was Japanese in the rain. Space flu. He, yeah. yeah. I, I think it was kind of um I think it worked as the idea of like they constantly say that it felt like his body was too weak for his own spirit and ambitions. And I think it kind of works with what Yang was saying in the end of season two where he's like it's too much responsibility for one person and when you mm -hmm. think about it it's like okay well why did the other dictators not have uh space cancer and it's like that's because reinhard was responsible for the entire galaxy he wasn't just responsible for his half he was responsible for everything so i could see from a more literal standpoint it is just like overwork exhaustion 
anything that he had overlooked in his childhood all culminated and like this illness that was untreated at this point. But symbolically, I think it's supposed to be like he had so much responsibility, so much power, and his body couldn't handle it because he had overworked himself to death. Other theory. Uh, (laughs) Space games. I agree agree with that. Uh, That's actually more plausible than what I'm about to say. Um, Because I was reading that like, huh? Space cancer. Yeah, space cancer. Uh, I felt like uh, I read that technically this was like triggered after Kirkiais died. And, yeah. And and he was so like torn apart by like his other half dying that all that was left was just like half of himself, just a vestige, you know, so yeah. he couldn't handle it. So that's why he was slowly, slowly started dying. You know, he needed he needed Kirkiais as his right hand to help take on this burden. And now they yeah. don't have him anymore. It's like slowly killing him so yeah, yeah. and it kind of makes sense i mean i think it makes sense they talk about it as like an autoimmune disease or something getting to him i could yeah. see that too i think there's so many different like overwork type of related str- illnesses that could be plausible for why he started getting so sick but i also do think it's the combination of like symbolically he's taking on so much responsibility the good the bad and the ugly and kirtias was that human like rock that kept him sane and without that it's like you know he has no good way of processing anything because it is true though like i think also after kirkiais died he was dealing with this giant like void you know which didn't go away he was just trying to fill it up with like a good rival battles the thrill and then once war was over you know he still had that void like pretty much exactly till the end of the show you know i mean he had the sickness still he was dealing with but he had like that that lack of the, the the passion so yeah so it so he starts you know starts getting space cancer the sad 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 and it's um, like, you know they, they, so young shines bright and then you know shines yeah 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 um and uh, then yeah so season three back to season three so i'm just gonna get to it uh the magician doesn't come back. <laughs> it's a word. Oh. <laughs> uh, Dude, uh, I read that title and I was just like, no, no. So you had no idea that Yang died. Unfortunately, I knew Yang was going to die. Okay. I did not know. I think I had an inkling. I might have. I don't know. I'm going to say I didn't know. I, I don't think I did. There was a lot of foreshadowing no. in this season of Yang almost meeting his end. Yeah. So this that's the thing. So for so long... I was just so thankful, like with all the battles and all that stuff that Yang still hadn't fucking died. So when he like proposed to, got married to um, Frederica, Frederica was living his best life. They're all living in peace. Everything was good, but there's always this like sense of foreboding, like this dread, like, okay, he's going to go to his next battle. He's still alive. We're all good. Everything's all good. So, and, and again, Reinhardt passes out, battle ends. It's all good. Yang lives. It's all great. And then he dies on I like the most it. unexpected just like trip by like, thankfully it wasn't like freaking Andrew Fork that if killed him. Andrew Fork if Andrew killed Fork him, killed I would have flipped my shit. I was going to be, because they started hinting at I'm like, no, if it's Andrew Fork, I'm like giving you a one out of 10. I don't give a shit. That's like, yeah, not him. That would have been the worst. So, Thankfully, the show is self-aware enough to just take him out real quick and just have it be something else. But even with like 
even if I had known a little bit, I just did not expect it to be like that. It was so brutal. Just uh. the way, like, cause he was so close to making it out. And it and just, it, he just. It's also sad because like throughout the series, he talks about how um, terrorism does not change the course of history. It only like pauses it or like prevents progress. It's never going to do that much. So it's also sad because he denounced it so much that to see terrorists be the cause of his death is both <laughs> fitting and tragic. And I'm like, I've, I'm glad it makes sense. He didn't die in battle, but I still feel sad that he died from these jackasses. And it makes me sad. Yeah. I heard a take like this once. Like, I feel like, uh, like terrorism is sort of like the antithesis to progress. It's sort yeah. of like conservatism, like, like radical, like conserving or preserving or bringing back yeah. to like, which is just, you know, a commentary on religion itself. Like just yeah. radical, like fundamentalism and like bringing things back to how they were versus letting things progress and that's yeah. why like you know it's kind of not good either so yeah so um, kind of sucks that was tragic honestly what is there on earth for them to go back to <laughs> like there's like nothing, nothing there why are like, they gonna worship it oh, i hate them fuck earth but yeah that was that was devastating i knew it would happen and it was still devastating um i i didn't know how to i actually think i took a break yeah, I think in a my, lot of people have taken a break since in, then. In my, like, only, like, my three weeks of having watched the whole show, I think I took a break. I don't think I could, I was able to continue. I was, I was just, just, you like, know what's, you know what gets me always with deaths? So, like, I'm weird, and I don't often cry to, like, character deaths on their own. For me, what always gets me is seeing other people react to their death. That yeah, will always okay. get me. Um, does that happen with you, too, or are you just, like, the death itself? Um, no, I, I don't know. I think it depends. I mean, I, I've become a lot further removed from like, I guess, fictional death. So maybe, yeah. maybe, but like, cause now I'm just like, oh, well, you know, they died, but I don't know, man. Yang's death, like legit, that, like ruined me. <laughs> well, it hurt me. And then, but then it's like the next episode, Julian being the one oh, to no, find. No, no, I'm sorry. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about like watching like reactors like react to the episode. No, no, I don't care about like, no, I don't care okay, about no, other people. Confused. No, no. No. Yeah, so I should specify. Yes. So what made it worse? So Yang's death, okay, broke me and like the scene, it was impactful, it was like crazy. But what made it worse was having to deal with Julian and Frederica <laughs> having just gotten married to him and then the whole thing about he never came back. <laughs> like like that's it. They found his body. It was just, that just made it worse. I'm not sure if it was in this episode or later on, but it's like Frederica starts off really calm. And then she describes this like idealized future of like him being a grandfather and just like sitting in a rocking chair and his grandkids finding him one day. And, and you could that's when that. I lost my shit. I was like, <laughs> it's like, no, and even worse when, uh, well, no, that was pretty bad. But like leading up to that, they had had the new ending song where it showed them all at like this picnic or like having this great time, like, and like, and then that like never happens. And like Yang is well, there. I, I or, thought or, it was supposed to be something that did happen, but it's Julian looking back on good times after right, his death. Right, right. I, yeah. I want to believe that. I want to believe I mine so. over yours because it makes me more sad. <laughs> yeah, because there was like, cause like, I think the, the episodes before that were called like after the festival ends or the, the episode. Yeah behind that so it made me think of the ending you know the yes song. 
because like they're all together and like happy yeah. times. But either way, that was still ominous foreshadowing of like yeah. what's to come. So and then they played the first ending. Mm. And the first ending is like Yang and Yulian like walking and they see like all of the alliance crew like kind of passing by them. And at the end, it's like Yulian by himself, and it's like just him looking up at Reinhardt. And I always loved the framing of the alliance side is kind of like Julian with Yang as like his mentor. But then at some point in all of the endings, Yang leaves Julian another foreshadowing of what will happen. And we're always kind of left with just like Julian taking in all this information and wisdom from everyone around him. And I always loved just like how that was subtly presented as like Julian was learning history from everyone. And I love that. Yeah, no, I, that's like the element that I did uh enjoy of, of uh that dynamic of having yulian on board and being like um and then yang dying like i'm not happy at all that yang died yeah. he never died i've been cool with that but i did like that um passing of the torch aspect that yulian was just going to be inheriting everything like he might not be as great as of a tactician as yang but like that's not the point he's like getting all the the bits and pieces. like he has strengths that yang didn't have and he's getting exactly. all these bits and pieces and like like to serve the next generation essentially so yeah pass down his really legacy cool. yeah and always again in the visuals with the ed and some of the other visuals like showing him like kind of yang going on ahead and then him just kind of like carrying on his steed was always like really cool so but uh yeah that uh, just hurt the pod here like oh, there's just yeah no we're done here. like that's it the podcast <laughs> does not return <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then i love the possibly one of the best screenshots afterwards is when reinhardt finds out and he said is it possible is it like how how is it possible to disappoint me this much and i was like yeah that's kind of a mood because of course reinhardt wanted to defeat him and yeah. finding out he was taken out by these randos is like the worst but also he knows that he doesn't deserve to die to such like assholes yeah it's um, like out of all the battles like that he couldn't take him out this guy was practically invincible could make the impossible possible just gets killed randomly yeah that just sucks yeah. uh um i'm gonna need a moment you're gonna need a no, moment to collect yourself <laughs> i had enough moments i had a year <laughs> yeah uh, and what is the so yeah because then right after that it's like the next two episodes are like morning and then it's just a season finale and then that's kind of yeah i think we get the transition where um i'm trying to think um when i see ruinthal yeah so this so also in the background of this um we get a lot more with ruinthal of course you know top one misogynist of all time he top is one. A, top one he is always kind of torn, I think, between trying to do, trying to have like honorable goals of like, you know, his friendship with Mittermeier, serving Ryan Hard, trying to do its best to like, you know, take out the nobility and things that he's led by good intentions. And then he's also torn by his bad intentions, which are always represented with his brown eye of like, you know, uh, trying to almost like screw himself over his ambition, his quest for power, like that duality to him. He always is in like a constant inner turmoil. And so in the background, we have that whole shit where um, the old, one of the granddaughters of like the old regime tries to kill him. And he's like, yo, okay. I love that. 
Wait, wait. Was that was that at the end of season three or was that big season four? I think that's during season three. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. She, so he's that like, was, you can, she hates yeah. me, and I love that about her. So he's like super entranced by this like this girl, and then um, so he ends up like they're hooking up, and then the Oberstein and Lang they find out that uh, he's like has her at his house, and then she turns out to be pregnant. So. Um, she's trying to ruin him and he's like if I found out she was pregnant I would have had her abort it because I'm not fit to be a parent she's trying to screw me over also these clowns are trying to screw me over so then he ends up get, being appointed the governor of the of Heinesen and like the alliance territory yeah that that was all at the end of season three yeah okay so a few comments about that. I, when he <laughs> revealed that, I, I guess to Mittermeier when he was telling him that, like, you know, or like telling him about the, the chick that he's, she's at his house, like she tried to kill. I just was just like, this dude is like such a train wreck. <laughs> like, yeah. like he's just like, you know, like just casually like, yeah, she tried to kill me, but you know, I love her. Isn't she so cute? Like she's still trying yeah. to kill me as we speak, but you know, we have this amazing chemistry. Like she just, and she just hates me. I love her. It's great. And it's like, and it's up in the air if he truly loves her or if he's just like, you know, this is some weird shit, but like, at least she's, you know, at least she has some redeeming qualities, like trying to kill me. Cause he has so much self hatred that it's like torn yeah. into like, it's like yeah, I don't know. kill me. I deserve it. Yeah. I just imagine him trying to explain this weird kink he has to Reinhardt to defend himself from treason. And like, Reinhardt is like, of course, like, as we find out later, like the best virgin of all time. Yeah. like you know just the most adorable version so it's like how do i explain this weird power dynamic kink to him to defend my honor reinhardt's not at that level yet he hasn't discovered that yet he doesn't so, know you know he's still vanilla <laughs> but you know so yeah no i thought that was like that was interesting like yeah. <laughs> I, what I do you know. think what do you but, think of ruinthal uh ruinthal um it's tough to place him because it's like i guess like like that duality just makes him like difficult to like root for because you kind of don't don't understand like like yeah. too much like where he's going but it is entertaining to like yeah. see like where he's gonna go next but i don't know what, what do you think i think he's really interesting i think it's kind of tough to grasp him at first but i think he becomes more interesting as the show progresses but i do think he's probably one of the more complicated characters just because he is like two different facets to him that are constantly at war. And it's never exactly clear who is winning out until certain points, even when one side is winning out, it's never truly, no yeah. one's, it's never one or the other. So it I gives think him like a, a certain element of, of chaos. I feel like, yeah. you know what, I'll put it this way, like with his personal life and like that side of it, it's, it's tough to kind of get invested in him and like kind of take that side seriously. Cause that's just, He's just too self-destructive and that's just yeah. like like he doesn't he doesn't even know what he's trying to do there yeah but with like his work ethic and like getting shit done and like you know with the other stuff uh he's just like a boss like kind of like how he just handles his shit and then uh his voice actor is great just his voice actor him. is like an all-time iconic um voice actor and he's I actually uh i saw there's two clips one I, he's a big voice he's one of the um, main side characters in Gintama so I okay. there's so many funny clips of him but I also saw this one sideshow that um Sugita 
the Gintoki's voice actor and um Nakamura who does um no he's like Hawks and My Hero Academia like both like really big VAs they had their own show where they would play video games and invite other seiyu to come on and they brought on um Sakurai who's like uh Reagan from my here from uh, Mob Psycho 100, his voice actor, yeah. and the three of them were doing parodies of Ruinthard's uh, voice actor. I got to look up oh, his name. Okay. They were doing. Nice. I have a clip of it, and it's like the funniest thing ever because they all sound like him so perfectly, and they're just playing some fighting. Game. It's so funny. I got to listen to it. But yeah, no, it was it was good, especially like later when he uh, really decides to just say fuck it. I'll just lead this rebellion in season four. Why not? Yeah. And then. That was interesting because yeah. he he also like uh went out like a badass so yeah that's like, the that might be my i gotta get to that but this is just so funny the homelander of the 80s i'm, I'm dying yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's so I funny i consider him the homelander of the 80s but i can see it i yeah. can see it um he's also like says the funniest shit like at any point he's just dropping bangers like nonstop. because like once he starts like leading the uh alliance area they um have that like rebel that you know they have the peaceful protest that turns into a riot and then like a lot of them end up getting killed and yeah. he's like you know such valor and bravery from my from my subordinates shooting into an unarmed crowd like fuck these guys <laughs> like yeah. um no he yes. has some very like entertaining lines he's definitely a good character yeah um, so what did you think of him starting the rebellion essentially because he felt like he was going to get blamed for it either way i I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> you thought it was honestly. Like, I don't know. It was just sort of like, all right, yo, let's roll, let's roll with it. Yeah, um, that's kind of how I took it too, where it's like, I always kind of thought about it. And if I'm I'm not gonna get blamed for shit like, I haven't. I definitely done. feel like he kind like there's a part of him that obviously wanted to. Like I don't yeah. I feel like it couldn't have just been like, okay, I'm just gonna do it. Like he's like, you know what? I kinda always wanted to, like you're saying, like, let me just lean into it. Why not? Yeah. And I think that kind of plays into like his also like practical, like efficient mentality. Like he's like, well, it's already more efficient for me to pursue this rebellion angle because all the pieces are set in place. Might as well. It was on the bucket list. Okay. Yeah. You might as well get to that point. But um, also, I did like, I think he also wanted to ignite a fire back in Reinhardt too. Yeah. Because Reinhardt was like lacking like a real challenge, like a real rival since yang so i feel was... like that too i felt like that was an interesting element where he was kind of like he wanted someone to like he's like he knew ryan hard had someone he wanted to fight against and it's almost funny how he was like i'm gonna play that role for him to try and like as you said reignite that passion back in him because i think ruinthal also likes the idea of a challenge well clearly yeah. <laughs> chick who's trying to kill him <laughs> he wants yeah to yeah him back but he uh he also like has that like chivalry and kind of like or like you know I, I also want to test myself and see how yeah. i could you know like curious to like how i would stack up against the emperor or, like against reinhardt or whatever yeah you know so yeah it's interesting but then it leads to like so it leads to natural poor mittermeier like unproblematic king he is like i they really have, just like... want to chill with my family and not have my friends fight each other like they have like the best like friendship like it's so you know like i mean it's it's mitch or meyer making up for most of the positive and like wholesome like like healthy aspects of it but still like they have like 
like they're such such bros, you know. So it's kind of sad when you like see them like having to face each other. Yeah, he like gets put such, between like, both of them, and he's like, "I just don't want you guys to fight. Like, I don't want you guys to do this. Um, I don't want to be the one to kill you, but I'm also like loyal to Reinhard and the Empire. Like, I feel for him." Yeah, he was like the epitome of like honorable, you know. Like, he was like, the true doing, honorable, like doing things like the right way, you know. He's a goat. Way. Um, yeah. gotta love him. And yeah. so naturally, it leads to the this really interesting fight between the two of them. And uh, at some point during the fight, uh, because of the one dude who was like betraying Ruinthal at like the last minute, so that they start firing at him, and he gets impaled by part of the ship. And they're like, okay, we got to operate. And he's like, nah, I'm going down in battle, essentially. And he's just like slowly bleeding to death as he goes back to like take commands of Heineson. And he's just sitting there and he's kind of just like housekeeping while he's sitting there dying. And it's like. And he pulls it out. And I think what he shouts at like one of the subordinates to get his shit together when he's. No, one of the other subordinates screams out. He's like, I don't think screaming out in pain for your superior officer is part of the job description. (laughs) So the whole thing is just so epic. He goes back, he leaves control to like one dude who's responsible. He brings in douchebag of the galaxy, Truant, like President Truant. And he's like, you know, you were, he's kind of like, you were, you were kind of a dick the whole time, but like you sold out democracy, whatever. And then Trump starts um, insulting Ryan Hart and then he just kills him. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to let you ki- like insult the, uh, the, um, the Kaiser or what I was like fighting for. So he did everyone a favor and took him out. And then thank, his thank baby God. mama shows up and she's, he thinks that she's going to be like mocking him. And he's like, leave Mitchell that child so he can have like a good future referring to the son he had with her. I feel like Ruenthal's best moments like showed up in those last few moments. Like he, like, he had he a like, goat toward a force. Entertaining and like he was entertaining and like he was complex and you couldn't really get him. And like it was kind of like mixed before that. But like in those last moments after he fucking got impaled, it's like <laughs> he was just so metal. Like just it's so hardcore. Like literally took his time to go back to the office, write a letter, yeah, and then just die. And it's oh like, my god! Yeah, I don't and have then time of to course, wait for this guy to come. So I'm, I'm Mr. I'm Meyer, you're late. That's the that's a, like one of those lines that hurts. <laughs> I'm done. No. By the way. It's like uh, that's like that one hurts, especially because Mittermeier had that reputation for being like the fastest in the galaxy. Yeah. So it's like. Uh, it's so sad. And then he like drapes the like flag over him. Uh, it's so sad. I feel bad. That yeah. was a great stretch. That was just like. It was good. It was really, really good. I mean, like, I'm sad that like he didn't actually get to face off against Reinhardt, like actually like face him one on one. But I think at that point, Reinhardt was on his way out. So it's like he couldn't. So it was very interesting to see such a futile effort almost from the get go. It yeah. felt like also kind of like this self-fulfilling like prophecy of like i think julian mentions it when he's going through and like kind of writing down history is like it's almost like the galaxy was too small for these two guys so it's like you know yeah like he was never gonna be more than like he was never gonna go above his station it's just sort of like that and then he also essentially not not with reinhardt there and he was also essentially ended up playing into the terror terrorist plans you know what they wanted for him to do so yeah which sucks so, sucks because they suck they so. do i hate them they're the worst yeah, they are the not worst. compelling and as they should not be 
they're not. Um, so yeah, that was like a pretty good stretch because I feel like a lot of people felt um, maybe in this like second half of Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Again, what I heard, uh, you know, people lost, felt like it lost steam. It wasn't like, like as it never got as exciting as like when the battles were happening and all that yeah. other stuff. Um, cause then, cause at this point, you know, there's not a lot of that's going on. So this is like the final, like little, like, you know, uh, bit of turmoil that kind of happened, like yeah. tension before like the show kind of like got ready for the end. So yeah, I think it's kind of this, everything after Yang is kind of cathartic and like maybe in, not the best. I feel like if I were to put it anyway, I just saw it like as an extended epilogue. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I like that. Just like an extended epilogue. Yeah. Um, the beginning of the I end. Didn't, I didn't mind it either. Like, I thought it was very interesting because now it was more exploring like, okay, he's an emperor now. He's united the galaxy. Now let's go over like the inherent problems of actually making this thing yes. work. And like, um, you know, him getting a cabinet, him having the police, like everything yeah. going wrong, you know. Yeah. So. I like the sequence of, you know, he's – doing he's at some like memorial tribute to the fallen soldiers and that one dude comes up and tries to assassinate him like terribly and he's confirmed that like his wife and child were on westland which he's blaming reinhardt for bombing and then reinhardt is like shook he's like this dude is making somewhat accurate accusations at me but he was just shook and then Oberstein is like i oh i ordered that and i would do it again because it would save all these lives and it was a cool moment for Oberstein to be like i am very true to my ideals and my beliefs and i would do it again because the numbers worked out and but ryan hard is shook he just like cannot handle it he's feeling so guilty for all of the lives lost because of his own actions and then you see him kind of um him holding on to kind of hilda like he's kind of like reaching out to hilda as for like companionship and support which leads to them having sex, which I didn't expect, even though he said, I, let's is, please stay the is, night. Is that what it meant? You you knew that meant that, right? No, I know. <laughs> but at <laughs> first, did. I was just, I was also like, did I didn't he mean, think, are they gonna? Because it's uh, anime and they never do yeah, that in anime. In yeah. any other series, I would assume yeah. that. But because just, it's anime. You know, she's just gonna sleep next to him, that's it. It's what yeah. I thought. I literally thought the most PG version of it. And then they show them like him waking up next to each other i'm like oh wait they actually did it holy shit and that yeah. was like one of the surprises of the series and then of course she goes back home and everyone just automatically knew she hooked up with him they were just waiting yeah. for it to happen yeah, and he shows up and, <laughs> and he shows up with the biggest bouquet of roses and it becomes like a shoujo where he's like trying to propose immediately and it's like the cutest thing ever it's so funny yeah totally like unexpected character turn for him he has this i have this funny screenshot of him like blushing over the like biggest bouquet of roses and her dad is hysterical he's just like he's like uh it's like early what are you guys doing <laughs> i feel like it's like in that moment he reverted back to like his boyish self from like, yeah. like the very beginning of the series because in some aspects even when he was already like sort of an adult they would comment on like uh, Reinhardt was still like a boy in yeah. like, some aspects. And then after Kick yeah. Ice died, then he like came in more into like his own. More, yeah. But still never, never had time to develop that aspect. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, it's so funny and adorable, but I think 
Um, you know, from the narrative plot perspective, it's interesting because naturally, you know, she becomes his bride and, and like the, their son ends up being, you know, the, the next emperor. But I think it's interesting because it's like, because of that, Hilda, who is always this really like reliable source of advice, information, like strategic partner, she switched roles into being his wife and um, Kaiserin. And that kind of took another element away from him as like a resource because she shifted roles and they felt like weirdly conflicted about having her be an advisor in any way because they didn't want her to have too much um, to make it seem like she was too biased one way or the other. And I think it was interesting because it showed like there were so many times where he could have benefited from her advice that he was at a loss. So he was kind of losing some of the um, resources around him because of everything kind of like weighing down on him so much, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. um, I mean, she was still able to, cause at that point though, what was he, he wasn't doing much at, uh, well, that's like, at that point. she wasn't helping out with like the Ruenthal like situation. He was stuck on that planet. I thought that happened. Didn't the Ruenthal situation, when the, when did he get with Hilda officially? Was that before the Ruenthal situation or after? Maybe, um, maybe it was before. I think it was before. I don't know. Wait. No, I think it might have been after. I think, wait, no. No, because, um, let me double check. When does he yeah. hook up with her? I don't know. I don't remember. I thought it was like like a lot more towards the end, but maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe. Because they get sense. married later. They get married after Ruinthal's betrayal. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So they get uh, married like probably right after. Um. Yeah, so he hooks up with her before the betrayal because I think it goes, they hook up. Then he goes on that trip, um, and that's where, uh, you know, like, they get on the planet, and it looks like they're about to get assassinated. And then they're on the way back, but she finds out um, she finds out she's pregnant while he's on that trip, like, during um, Bruenthal's betrayal scene. Gotcha. And then he goes yeah. back, yeah. takes responsibility, yeah. and then continues yeah. on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. she couldn't really advise him with the whole... Yeah, because they were so flustered by that whole thing that they're like... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but then at, at later on, he just had Mittermeier deal with it, so. Yeah, so they end up getting together. Um, and then I guess the last big fight is Julian and the Isherlorn um, Fortress, the last stand for, like, their democracy. democracy. Yeah, I will say one thing, though. During, I think, this season or towards the end of season three, at some point, they do mention, like, the backstory of the terrorists or, like, yeah. just the world, like, in 2039, how they got led to space, and it was pretty much, like, there was a nuclear holocaust, 13-day war between, like, the United States of your Africa and Northern Condominium. And I was just like, is this supposed to be the U.S. and North Korea? <laughs> and I was just like, okay. And it was, like, in 2039. I'm like, hmm. I think that's what this is supposed to be. Okay. Yeah. And then it was like, okay. And the world's, like, practically destroyed. And then it kind of gives you the history until, like, they go into space before yeah. the uh, galactic empire and all that stuff, which is, which was interesting. Um, I think this was in season three when Julian was going to Terra. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Earth. So yeah. He was like which makes sense. Recording. Yeah. 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 But it yeah. was interesting to see. It's like, here's why earth is irrelevant. Yeah. And I don't know why they'd want to go back. It's half destroyed. It killed like half the population. So, and now yeah. there's even less people on it because everybody went to space. So it reminds like, me of like a bebop's earth. Oh, they kept okay. Not yeah. like the same, but like, you know, it's like yeah, essentially like they can't 
it's very rare for people to be on there the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why? When you can venture out into space. Yeah. But um, yeah. So pretty much, it comes down to the last uh, battle, which I, like at this point, it does seem like Reinhardt is like more open to like other ideas, especially since like the last season or so, like with his weakening health and having memories of uh, Kirkyais and sort of getting like more in touch with like, and have being more remorseful about his past actions. He's kind of like opening his mind up to like other things and like other ideas and seeing more of Kirkyais's point of view that he didn't yeah. get while he was alive. Yeah. And actually I think that is, I'm going to say this here cause I didn't say it before that. I think that is the significance of Kirkyais dying. Yeah. Kirkyais had lived because a lot of times throughout the show, uh, the characters like like different characters will bring up uh, like like during a situation like oh if only Kirkyais had lived like how would things be now like what yeah. would happen if he were still alive, and like it's usually when like Reinhardt is you know being difficult or he can't like decide what to do or he's making like a tough decision that not everybody is sitting well with, um, but I think if he had lived, he they would have eventually had a bigger rift between them or it eventually had to have collided because Kirkyais knew that he would have had to like, uh, hit, uh, Reinhardt and Oberstein's methods would have rubbed him the wrong way and he would have had to take him out. So they would have like eventually like, you know, they wouldn't have been able to kind of coexist, I think. Um, yeah, I think you're right that he kind of is like, he was more, he kind of helped them out more as like a symbol and a legend than like a person. Cause I agree with you, especially when it became clear that Reinhardt was going to war for kind of like his own sense of self satisfaction. Like, especially at the end of like season three, or not end of season three, but like when he was going back, when like the alliance was essentially already subjugated, but he's kind of like, no, we have to go to war because we need to unite the we have to unite the galaxy, which was essentially for his own sense of self-purpose, but it's still leading to millions of people dying because he wants to go back to war, you know, or like him wanting to be on this on, you know, the front lines fighting and all of the wars because he, that's what makes him feel alive. Um, I got to one point where they kind of essentially hint that like, he doesn't really know how to feel it was kind of like a cowboy bebop moment. Like, I'm not going there to die. I'm going to see if I'm really alive. That's how I interpret him, Reinhardt, like going to war is he's like, I'm truly testing myself. This is also like the only way he knows how to like truly win, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think that would have, that definitely wouldn't have flown with Kirk yeah. Geist being alive. And that yeah. kind of probably would have either held Reinhardt back because he wanted to kind of honor him. So yeah. he might have not conquered the universe or the other scenario where he would have just, it would have split them apart. And because uh, he died, he's able to keep existing rent-free in, in yeah. all these and guys' heads. Especially because I think I forgot about it until I forgot, but I think in end of season one, Ryan Hart is thinking of their promise as in, I'm going to take over the, I will conquer the galaxy. But Kirtius is thinking of the promise as in, I help protect you, which is the promise I made to your sister. They're thinking of like two completely different promises. So, you know, I don't even know just how much um, Kirchhoff would support him after it's clear that Anna Rose is free. Like once she is safe, how much do you think it's like he would have been along for going to war so often, you know? Yeah. I mean, like at the, 
at the very end of his life, Kierkegaard, like the last words he said to Reinhardt was like, take the universe. That's true. But, That's true. But I think he might've also just said that because it's like, well, you know, you are my friend and you've always had this ambition. So don't worry about me. Go fulfill your ambition. You That's know? true. That's and true. I think he did support that. Thought that maybe someday he'll see my point of view. He'll come around, you know, hopefully. So. Yeah. I don't know. That was hope. At that point, he's dying. He's like, I can't do anything at this point. I'm yeah. dead. All right. Enjoy. I kept my promise. We're all good. Yeah. But bringing it back, though, I think like so at this point, like towards the end of Legend of the Galactic Heroes, like I feel like like in the last few episodes, like Reinhardt is in a state where like he's more like receptive to like more of these ideas and like, you know, more of like, uh, you know, to have discussions, to be in like talks with like Yulian, like Yang's successor and all that stuff. So I, I I don't know if it really needed to like have a whole fight again with people dying just yeah. to get to Reinhardt, but Reinhardt is of the mentality of like, well, I like the fight and you got to earn, like you got to prove yourself. Cause I don't know you, know you, I know Yang. Yeah. You got to prove yourself to get to me. If you can get to me, we can talk. So. Exactly. I kind of like that. Cause it's also that same kind of almost like, I don't know. It sounds like a cool legend way of putting it, you know, the yeah. legend of like trying to fight for ideals instead of like the individual people dying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, which is cool. And also like sucks for all the cool characters that we lost along the way. <laughs> I know. Where's uh, cat go and comf. Uh, also, this is a good point from Angst that Kirtias was also a check on Oberstein. So his yeah. absence allowed Oberstein to have more yeah. influence, which is a good point as like, you know? I always like the yeah the the two sides. Although I don't know why, like Oberstein had the line when Kierkegaard like died and he like told Reinhardt to go see his sister, and then uh, Reinhardt walks away and um, Oberstein says like when the light dies, like the shadows also become dim. So he yeah. was also kind of trying to imply that it's important for Reinhardt to have some sort of light. Yeah. So he could still have some sort of influence. But unfortunately, his sister was like, nah, man, I'm leaving. So, um, so and so know. we get more of his sister actually in this, like, these last couple episodes stretches. Yeah. And it's interesting to see a bit more of her, like, perspective on things. And that's where I think that sense of, like, guilt and feeling like she felt like Ryan Hard was weighed down by her so often that she wanted to take herself out of the equation to let him go and accomplish his dreams. But unfortunately, it's like, because they had no communication on both sides, despite best girl Hilda trying to mend the bridge, it's like they don't understand how much they need each other to keep moving forward. So it's like, you know, the miscommunications, you know, hurt both of them. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, eh, it's a little late, <laughs> you know, yeah, but she's already been done. But she did redeem herself, saving Hilda from that one guy coming in with the gun during the yeah. fire. And she threw that shit at that guy and helped save Hilda. So she that redeemed was herself. Boss. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, but yeah, so them kind of like fighting. We lost a lot of like the characters, you know, it's kind of the end game. It's like everything's kind of yep. over at this point. Um, but um, yeah, like I guess let's just talk about the final stretch, like pretty much uh, um, um. like kind of like, I guess like the ending, the, like, the last few episodes sort of like, uh, how do you feel about like Yulian like having stepped into Yang's shoes, like just stuff like that? I thought it was really cool. I think it it was cool to see them have like conversations, especially towards the end of Reinhardt's life. I feel like we were transitioning from like 
living during this time towards almost becoming a reflection on history in the making. Like I felt like it was the transition of like Julian is already looking at why Reinhardt is the way he is and how he will be perceived in the future. But um, two things about the last stretch, we are introduced to the real rivalry of the series, which of course is Oversign versus Bittenfield, who is the orange haired guy who just goes the fuck off at any sense. And he just yeah. goes off on Oversign at all points, even when he's apologizing to Reinhardt and they have a line from the narrator that's like, that didn't stop him from criticizing Oversign's faults. And he is just a professional hater. There's so many funny lines, but I'll get to that. But that's besides the point. But um, their dynamic is really funny. But I think Oberstein really shined in these last few episodes because we, of course, see... Am I allowed to skip to the last episode? Do you want to just go into the last episode? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of... <laughs> I figured that's what we meant by, like, last Yeah, week. like, I don't know, because I, I was trying to see if, like, there was anything else uh, that I forget what happens. happens. But, like, I think it's mostly yeah, the last episode. The la- let's talk about the last episode. Yeah, I, I'm surprised these covered so much content in the last episode but they did a great job essentially we see oberstein throughout the series as this really shady character who seems very willing to sacrifice others but for the greater good and it's always like how much of him is just you know is he how much is he all talk in terms of sacrifice versus his own self-sacrifice and we find out that he called he lured the terrorists out and he said told him that Ryan Hard was here and that when Ryan Hard recovers, he's going to like bomb the shit out of them. So he lured them all out with the intention of taking them out in one fell swoop. And we find out he told them the wrong location or leaked the wrong location. And they bombed the room that Oberstein was in thinking it was Ryan Hard. And he essentially died for the sake of taking out the terrorists. And we find out he meant it all along that no one was as dedicated to the Lohengram dynasty as him ride or die so things i loved about that uh oberstein death so uh one is he fed his dog he made sure to feed his dog before (laughs) he died like he made sure the dog had enough food one two uh i love that they said after that it's unconfirmed like we have no real way of knowing if he actually intended to do this we just assuming it's actually unconfirmed which is very on brand for oberstein yeah because you never really know what he's thinking throughout the whole fucking story yeah and then lastly there was always very very small subtle like could easily be missed or even like misinterpreted like moments for oberstein throughout the series that like he shows a little bit of humanity but you can't like really tell it's like uh, yeah that could mean that but maybe not and it's yeah. like he has it but it's just like really hidden away because he's so committed to the cause and his like whole machiavellian way of like doing things so yeah, yeah. so like he, he's always a character that like just like kind of fascinated me in that regard yeah i think he's really fascinating um this is a good point. The ironic thing about that is you can kind of see that the missile that missed him during the first Reinhardt assassination finally caught up to him. That's Whoa, interesting. That's an interesting. That's a good way of putting yeah. it. Um, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think he's cool because he always stuck to the like. Oh, I'm doing. Wait, I just realized a crazy parallel. Hmm. Maybe, maybe, and this is totally conjecture. But what if 
he always felt guilty for Kierkegaard having sacrificed himself for both Reinhardt and essentially himself, that he felt it was finally time for him to sacrifice himself for Reinhardt. I could see it. I could see that. I think that makes sense. Um, that's cool. That's right. really cool. And I think another point, another point for Oberstein. <laughs> Oberstein, great. Um, I think it's just great that, you know, he stuck to his ideals the most consistently, like from the beginning, he's like, if I have to sacrifice 2 million for 10 million, I'm going to do it. And then we see later on, he's trying to stop the fighting because he's like, if I have to imprison what, like 10,000 people to stop millions of people dying, I'm going to do that too. It's all about like, no more of this, like war for the sense of like honor or shit. He's like, let's just get what needs to happen, get it done and then call it a day. And he stuck to it up until the end. So you got to respect him. And he loved his dog, which is got to respect that. Yeah, because if we know, like with JoJo's, if you know if you don't like your dog, your chances are you're a villain. Yeah. So, so that's our all the evidence we need. So I think that's Oberstein, it. top three death. I was impressed. Yeah. Oberstein, up there. Love that. Really and then there. of course we got the big final death. Yeah. Um, who was it again? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Reinhard. Um, so how did you feel about it? How did you feel? Like, I guess his death is pretty much the ending. Like it's, it is it's, the end. Yeah. You're, you're talking about his death. You're also talking about the ending. How did you feel about this whole last stretch? I thought it was really good. And it was, uh, it was very weirdly cathartic. Not like I felt, it's not like I felt good about it, but it just kind of felt like we were coming to the end of the story and everything was wrapping up. I love how he set up, um, Ruenthal, AKA, and also Mitchell Meyer's kid, um, to be friends with, his own son, Alec Siegfried. Uh, and yeah. I think he set it up well because we constantly heard the comparisons of democracy is friendship, autocracy is master servant. And I think in the end, what stuck with Reinhardt the most is true friendship. And I think him both trying to um, instill that sense of friendship in his own child that meant so, that friendship that meant so much to him in his own life. I think it also hints that the new government system that will be implemented will have way more democracy influence because they will value friendships more than master servant relationships. Which I think is very like telling of like what Reinhardt wanted, but he couldn't do in his life because he was too bound to his duty and kind of seeing yeah. his dream come true. So exactly. he rather would pass that on to someone that could start their life anew because he was already too far gone in that direction. Yeah, I agree. One, and then two, I do think um, uh, it's like interesting. Uh, what I liked was that he basically, I don't know if he told, I think he told Hilda or whatever, like he left it off as he didn't want a dynasty. He didn't want like his yeah. son to inherit, like being the emperor or like all of that, that it was up to her that if he wasn't fit to rule, that's it. Give it to someone mm -hmm. else. Like he has to prove himself fit to actually be rule. Yes. Rule, which is definitely. so much better than like what know, happened like, before. Yeah. So that was actually really good. So that's why, like, when you asked me earlier, like, if he thought about his legacy, I mean, I feel like that's what made me think he didn't as much. Like, he doesn't really, like, if his son is a fuck up, then he doesn't deserve to rule. And that's just, yeah. It. So, like, it's not like he, he, yeah, I guess he, he cares about his immediate legacy, but I don't know if, like, he cares so much about, like, what happens later. Like, he kind of wants to leave the universe in a good place. It's more about the universe being in a good place rather than his own lineage, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, 
That's very true. Yeah. Uh, and then what did you think about like the, the final shot? The star, the lights in the sky are stars. It reminded me of Gurren for some reason, but I was like, okay. oh, that's such a good line about like humans reaching out for, I, I forget if it was like every, the galaxy or just whatever, but that was such a great shot. And then it's a, uh, what is it? The legend ends and history begins. It, it parallels the, the reaching out parallels Reinhardt's ambition in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, no, but so that last line freaking killed me. Like it was just so good. Like, it's like, oh. Like now all of this, now it's just another, another part of just history. Now, now we we're done. This is done. Now it's like, now just add it onto the, the documentary that Julian's going to watch next. Yeah. <laughs> On his next flight somewhere. I think it was yeah. just such a perfect way of ending it. I feel like yeah. it was just like such a good send off of like the story is done. Everything yeah. is ended. Yeah. Like it's it, like. It, it was that it ended, but I think also for me, like it was just the whole feeling of like, it really harkened back to whole bigger picture. Like this yeah. is just one story, an, an impactful story that deserves to be a highlight, you know, one big influential significant event in history, but like that it's still part of a, the bigger story of the human race and the next like ambitious person that wants to reach for the stars or create something new. So I was like, was, oh, so beautiful. <laughs> uh, so, so you yeah. liked it too? Did I like what? You like the ending too. Um, humble seven. <laughs> <laughs> I love the humble. So like, it's so unhinged. Um, also, yeah. shout out to Julian and Catarose being together. They're pretty cute. Yeah, they're finally the legend of the Galactic Heroes. They we finally become like, I love those meme edits so much. Yeah. Those are my favorite. Yeah. No, I was glad they got together. I got, I was glad with the send off that the other admirals that were even like side, like just like sort of on the side that their stories kind of getting resolved and, or kind of seeing where they're at, you know, Mittermeier with his kid, Kessler mm -hmm. with the maid, you know, that was so cute. That was so like out of pocket cute though, you know? Yeah. Uh, who else? I don't know. Bittenfield being Bittenfield, just sort of just like everybody kind of like, you know, moving on and uh, doing their thing. So I thought that was cool. Um, I'm trying, I'm seeing if like I, there's another character I remember. Um, what did happen to Rubinsky in the end? He died, right? He, oh, he died. Fucking extra. I hate this guy. He died and he set it up so their bombs would go off as soon as he died. So he tried to take out oh, Brian Hart. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Number one hater. I connected it to my brainwave, so when yeah. I die, it just kills a bunch of people. Okay, okay Mega Man, like, okay. <laughs> you hate that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is well put. Humans always reach for things outside their reach. That's true. There you go. Uh, okay, so that kind of concludes, or unless there's any other remaining thoughts about anyone, I think we'll probably touch on it anyway. That concludes our whole conversation i think about the whole show so now we discussed, huh yeah we discussed the legend of galactic heroes we I'd have become that was that was the legend <laughs> that's the legend of the galactic heroes okay so what were you gonna say uh no i was just gonna say so now should we get into our verdict the real on the real reason we're here the real podcast is our favorite characters either one either what one. what was the first one sorry uh either what we think of the show overall rating or favorite characters. <laughs> humble seven. <laughs> I agree with no. Um, no. Okay. Or, um, or favorite characters. If you want to do favorite characters first. 
Okay. I was over, I was looking my list again because I realized it has changed a bit. Um, All right. Let me pull up. Do you have yours? I threw one together recently. I don't even know okay. if it's perfect, but I have one. I have like, yeah, I have enough. <laughs> I have enough in there. <laughs> I respect that. I did, I did like top 25. Okay. Unless you did like tier list with like. Oh, you did 25? Okay, that's cool. Well, I only did it just in case like. I just I did 10. I just far. did 10. Okay. Okay, that's fine. That's perfect. Okay. There's also um, so many characters. I didn't want to like leave someone out that I was forgetting. So I'm like, okay, this will help me like see them all in one list. Yes. Okay. I got it. You, you go first. Okay. Cause you right. finished first. So <laughs> how do we want to do this? How do we want to do this chat? Do we want to go like top one, top one, top two, top two, or should I just go down? You can just list? go down, do a 10 to one countdown, like start at 10 and end at one. No, no, no. Okay. Who's your top one. That's it. Top one. Ready? Three, two, one. Yang. Yang, gang. Yang, <laughs> yang, yang, yang. Yang. Okay. Top yang. one is Yang. Um, top two was actually a little tough for me, but I think all in all, I think, I think it's Reinhard. Reinhard for me. I think, I know that those are the big two. Um, I definitely click with Yang a lot more, but I've always liked Reinhard and I definitely appreciate him. Like I didn't like always love like his, um, story at least in the beginning because it just felt like a little like it didn't always compel me it just was like well he's gonna just you know conquer the universe and there wasn't really too many twists and turns but as the story kind of went on and kind of seeing his attitude and like you know who he was as a person it was kind of like always entertaining and always kind of like cool you know very admirable so yeah um, he's a good character um number three for me is oberstein <gasps> that's interesting okay uh i had ruinthal Oh, okay. misogynistic king. Um, yeah, man, you got to have your problematic characters up there. I can fix him. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fix Oberstein at all, but no one can fix there. Oberstein, but his dog. Um, he's he's so he's so interesting. He's one of the characters that just like left me thinking like just afterward. Just... He had such a great showing at the end, too. He jumped and up. Was, from... it, yeah, no, sorry. Go ahead. And by and by episode 95, when I did my first character ranking, which I shouldn't have released, I had him at like number nine. He has jumped up to number four. Whoa. But... Okay, that's really close because I have him at three. Yeah, no, because okay. that ending, like that like it... that final, like how he went out, I was like, okay. That, that hit. Like, that really uh, brought it up too. But I always kind of liked him. But that yeah. definitely like, I had like my theories about him and I was like, okay. So he really, you know, did have uh, either humanity or he was just, you know, really committed to the cause either. But yeah, really, I respect it. Um, so who's your number four? My number four is uh, Shenkov. Okay, that's cool. I had him higher. I had to lower him, but I like Shenkov. I think he's just he's just a great guy. Loved him, like beginning to end, like to yeah. just. I found no flaws. <laughs> Fried. Okay, he's maybe awesome. he was kind of like not a great dad, but. <laughs> but he didn't even know. But he didn't, he didn't try or know. pretend. Yeah. Yeah. So he was pretty cool about it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Good on no, him. He was like, if he wasn't number four, he was definitely top five. Like for me. Like yeah. Just, yeah. So cause he I feel was bad. very like literally he never disappointed, like very consistent character. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've betrayed him a bit in my ranking, but I still love him. Okay. Consistently badass. 
Um, number four, uh, number five for me is Ruenthal. Oh, so there's Ruenthal. Okay. So that's number yeah. five. I got Mittermeier. I love Mittermeier. I love him. He's great. Wholesome, like good dude. Just a very solid dude. I love yeah. him. You got to respect him. He's such a bro. He I is actually a bro. got Mittermeier right under. I decided to keep the bros together. So. Oh, that's good. He's like so he's no. Five, okay. six. It's always like Ruenthal, like, like edges him Twin out. Star. Like he's more complex. He's a little more like interesting. He has some good lines. Great voice actor. Yeah. Why you got to keep them together though. It's the dynamic. I guess I, um, I split them up. I feel bad. Twin stars no longer in my list. Um, I got have, number yeah, six. Cause you have Shenkop. Wait, what do you have in between? Um, I got uh, well, that's kind of ironic. I've oversigned between them. So that actually oh, happens in okay. the show. <laughs> that's true. That's it. That's accurate. Them apart. Um, um, and then at six, I have Julian. Julian. Oh, interesting. I like Julian at, a lot. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Excel confuses me. Uh, I have, okay. I said my six. So my number seven is actually Hilda. Okay. That's cool. You are a true Hilda fan. I have uh, Skunkoff at seven. Oh, okay. Skunkoff. Yeah. yeah. So I love him every reason you said, but, um, Hilda is my number eight. So close enough. Love Hilda. Best girl. I think she's just absolute queen. Um, very smart, very impressive. Yeah. She's really good. And she had like, out of all the women in the, uh, show, which there aren't many, she had like the most, like the most fleshed out, like kind of like arc sort of like in terms of what is all this stuff? Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, she had like the most like development, I think. Right. Cause she kind yeah. of like went from like, she was always like the most independent and like doing like her own thing and like kind of, you know, having more, she had, I think the most influence at actually out of all the women in the show. She became yeah. the freaking Kaiser in. Yeah. And she saved Reinhardt with the, yeah. when she got everyone to go to the, um, hi, Heineson. And I like that uh, she genuinely cared about the cause. Like she yeah. wasn't being manipulative. Like she cared about Ryan Hart. She cared about his cause. And she was really like invested in it beyond just like the politics or ambition. Yeah. So she was like, like definitely top tier character. And she was just like as smart as them. So that's yeah. really good. Um, You're number eight because I revealed my eight. My number eight is what was so your number eight was Shenkov. my number no eight, no my number seven was Shenkov, and then my number eight was hilda, hilda. but your number okay. seven was hilda my number eight is julian okay so we went over him he's great good yeah. good framing for him he's um good. i have to keep him in the top 10 because again he goes hand in hand with yang you know like, yeah uh, and he's impressive in his own right i like him i think he's just a good like solid dude of him he's got his shit together man like, yeah he really has it together um, um my what is it Nine? Nine. Nine is uh, Frederica. Oh, that's cool. I don't, I have Dusty because Dusty is just ultimate bro. Um, Dusty, ultimate bro, really funny, but also just really solid and like very, um, I like his, him trying to write a book and trying to frame everything and then like not doing the best job, but it was really, he's just a really grounded guy who's also competent. You know. I like Dusty. I just feel like for me, he was just kind of like there. And I really liked Frederica's dynamic with Yang. And that always yep. like, stood out to me. Like I loved like kind of their thing. It was just yep. adorable. But like she kind of went down a bit like after Yang died, just because like I felt like um, like they didn't give her a lot of screen time after that. And sort of yeah. like she was propelled a lot by her dynamic with 
like Yang as opposed Definitely. to like being on her own and as her own character. So she did some stuff, which was impressive, but I was like, okay. Uh, but I still like her. Um, yeah, I like her. I think she just kind of misses the mark for the reason. She misses the top 10. I really like her. But I think yeah. she misses the top 10 because uh, I do think a lot of her dynamic is kind of carried with Yang. And so after yeah. that, so that's like, what, like that's what made it tough. And I'm like, yeah, but I, you know, you're still, yeah. you know, as a, one of the few female representat representatives in the show, you know, top 10. <laughs> yeah. So um, actually, I do have Dusty at um, my next one, actually. Number 10. I have him as 10. Um, I, I have... Admiral Bukak got the goat moments. He's a good dude. Great Admiral. I got him number 10. So I have him at 11. So we're, we're pretty much aligned. Yeah. More or less, you know, yeah. just the, the order. Uh, as long as Yang, Yang won, Yang gang, Yang gang, Yang gang. Um, I know. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, what do you think? I know a lot of other people have like Ryan Hart top one. Do you think that you could, you see that very easily? I don't know. I actually have like, a tough time with that like I, <laughs> you know i don't know like i i don't know why like they see him like i i guess i just i'm so like for yang i just don't know why they wouldn't put yang as one so that's yeah, yeah. what about you i can definitely see it but i definitely don't feel it as much um i even think i think the reason some people would put reinhardt is they like that character type but they also find him to be more complicated, which I don't necessarily agree with either. Cause I think Yang has his own set of complications to and nuances to his character where like, I know some people, I think they think he's like, you know, super perfect or has no flaws. And even his, they think his flaws are still good, you know, like drinking and napping or whatever. But I think that there's enough flaws in his dedication to his ideals that yeah. make him interesting and complicated. Yeah. His flaws are more subtle. Um, I don't know. I feel like Reinhardt's like is complicated, but like the way I guess they wrote it, like his um, like that aspect of him, like never really like hit for me in that like regard that I found like his complication, like, I don't know, as compelling yeah. as like Yang, I guess. Yeah. I think what I find compelling about Reinhardt is when he's like so daring yeah, like and bold. Bold, daring, and like he becomes this larger than life persona, especially that one time when like he lands on that planet and like those guys are trying to kill him and like the forest that's on fire and they're they have all those dudes surrounding him and he just steps forward and he's like, There's only one Reinhard von uh Lohingham, like who's gonna be the one to kill me? And one dude even like steps back because he's like, Holy shit, this guy is such a yeah. like such a force of nature. Yeah. And I think even that's even yes. when he was feeble, you know, like already kind of yeah. like, you know, sort of on his way out, he was still like, he still had that pride. But I feel like, you know what it is? I feel like they never, for me, I feel like they never went like deep enough into his psychology mm -hmm. to like illustrate that like, like complicatedness and make it like interesting for me. So I can see why, that. Like, it still felt more for me like, like what you're saying, it was more of that surface level yeah um, stuff, the other stuff that like made him like a compelling character yeah um i do have to say for to his credit there is like one moment that really stood out too at the end that i found really unexpected because you know i think when you're always you're kind of waiting to see like okay what is going to be like what's going to be the send-off of this show and i think what moment like might have hit me the hardest among many of the moments that hit really hard is that scene where he's dying and uh, his sister is like, 
are you still dreaming? And he's like, I've dreamt dreams that like most have never been able to see. I have to find the exact quote because I put it down, but it's just this really kind of like interesting cathartic moment of like his sister feeling bad that the core, I guess the course of his life, but he's weirdly content despite having all of the dreams that he could have had in life. Where'd it go? Yeah. I feel like if they would have dug into more of that aspect, like even if, if it was at the end, you know, like a little more, I think I, that like that would have, I would have found that more um, compelling. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of it. Like I'm saying all this stuff. And then at the end of it, I'm just saying all, but top two. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's more of like, I think if you're in the same boat, I'm in, it's like, why is this character someone I really enjoy and appreciate versus like top one of all time kind of thing. Yeah. So we're speaking know. of it in the, in the scope of legends, you know, legendary exactly. anime legend of the galactic heroes. Like, yeah. So like, that's like, I don't know. That's why like, when I guess I see a lot of like Reinhardt top one, I'm just like, oh, well, you know, but Yang. <laughs> I still see it though. I can understand it probably a bit. I might be a bit more warm to my Reinhardt than you. Like I could definitely see it, but I don't, wouldn't, I don't connect with him as much for sure. Yeah. That's why I was like, I, I guess it's that lack of connection that like bothers me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but like, that's why like right before this, I was just like, is he number three or is he number two? But I think like towards the end and after everything, like, I think I really like, like appreciated him a lot more and a lot of the, like kind of like his character arc and all of that stuff that I'm like, no, no. And he was just such a, uh, a presence throughout all of the yep. show that it's like hard to not have him like, you know, yeah like up there so it's like yeah no he's a big part of it so yeah um but still working on wrapping my head around it <laughs> yeah maybe uh maybe a rewatch or maybe the new maybe if we watch the new series or maybe uh the what is it the um what is it called the gaiden series which is like side it's essentially like side stories with the same characters maybe i'll have a yeah, moment where you're maybe. like i see it i see the vision i see i see it i see the torment in him it interests me <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah uh that's kind of like my list i it goes down all the way to 25 but i kind of just oh that's impressive i will do one and then we can post that later it's okay <laughs> <laughs> like some of these i was like okay i think i like like this guy i think i like this person i definitely like this person there's somewhere in here and then i just threw them on so uh yeah but i captured all the i think we mentioned all like the the main the big like, Characters. the big yeah. players yeah on I, I will say Anna rose i think i pronounced her name and rose is like nowhere on this list so yeah well i mean it's like they also don't like delve into her enough to me for yeah. her to be on this list you know well i got kirki ice on my list yeah i mean he would make the list he's good yeah he's like 14 i think <laughs> that's good that's a good placement um i'll have to yeah. see all right so last part uh unless we have something else to mention but i think that's it we're kind of hitting on three hours. <laughs> so, yeah, we are literally three hours of. So we're going to wrap it up here. So last thing is, uh, do you want to give a rating for the show? Do you have one? What Let do me you, see. Like, if... What's the verdict? Uh, I think Has I have a rating. Made it into your, huh? I have a rating. Do you okay. have a rating? Has it made it onto your, um, I want to find your, your like future revised top 50. Top 10, I, I top forgot 10. I did that. Like, oh, I keep watching these shows and it's like, oh, am I going to, am I going to revise it? I don't know. It's, it's, I have a rating. Okay. Have a rating, so 
what is your reading? No, you go first. Well, I wanted to find a creative way of showing of showing oh. it. Yeah, Let yeah. me see. Yeah, I think you can, you can find a creative way, but you're going first. <laughs> okay. Let me see. I think Let me see if I can I kind of want it. Let me see. I can do it. One second. I know what to do. Okay. You know. There's only one way. Can only do it the one true way. And that is through Fantano's course. So I was not prepared for this because we did our <laughs> we did our our sketch, but it's gotta be. Why is it like not? Thank you, StreamYards. One sec. And let's see if it'll do it. Whoa, 10. We got it. That's crazy. I like, i sorry, it took so long, but got to do it. Humble 10. Humble 10. Humble 10. Okay, I don't even know what that means, but. I don't know what that means 10. either. I made that up. Oh, wow. So it's definitely, it broke the top 10 then, right? It no, I have, I think I, my 10s are overreaching. I think it is. You have too many 10s. I do. I have to hate anime now. Full-time anime enjoyer t-shirts coming soon. I don't. Uh, yeah. I think I mess. I do the exact opposite of some people where they're like, if something's like a new favorite, they automatically shoot it to the top and then they realize they weren't as high on it. So it goes down. I'm the yeah. opposite. And I almost have like a weird promotion system, kind of like the military. So it yeah. starts at the bottom of my tens. And then after, after time goes by, I see how it goes up. Okay. That's good. So I think that that's makes good. it like number 16 or something. So my next question was going to be, um, do you think, uh, I, obviously it didn't because it's at the bottom of your tens, but like, as other people have said like that now legend of galactic heroes is so good. It has ruined, uh, other anime for you. Cause there's nothing like it. I don't think so. I think it's like, I don't, I don't think I've ever experienced a piece of media that I think will ruin other media. If I'm being honest, I get yeah. the point where they're like, oh, they it does everything perfect. They usually, so nothing. They usually say it in terms of anime because we get a lot yeah. of yeah. know, um, anime that aren't great. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's true. I think that it, there are some like very inherent strengths to the Legends of the Galactic Heroes. Like, you know, the characters, you know, we're obviously like, you know, we love so many of them that you can make a top 25 list and people love, like they love them and whatever. Um, I think the themes are really good. The way they explore them are well, but I don't think that it was such an overwhelming experience that I can't see the strengths being replicated elsewhere. And I would say that with like half of my favorites. I don't think maybe more than half my favorites. I think it's just like a great experience that I think others should experience. I, and uh, I always joked like, okay, I finished Legends of the Galactic Heroes. I can quit anime now. I don't think I can quit anime, even though I did finish it. Even That's though good. I should, even though maybe I should, but. You should finish anime finish it all just end it end just of end anime it. gellion so uh, what about you you know i uh i definitely don't think it uh i think there's i think there is something to that where i think um there isn't a lot of anime that i think will be able to be like legend of galactic heroes because mm -hmm. if anything in terms of its scope 
Like very mm-hmm. few are probably gonna reach the level of Legend of Galactic Heroes, and I mean I'm sure it's possible, obviously, but mm-hmm. like we don't usually, I don't think we get anime like that nowadays as much. But, yeah. Um, but it's possible. But for for that, I think it's unique, and I feel like if you're looking for that specifically, especially if it's like a space opera, yeah, uh, you're not gonna find that. So that's like you know that's probably like where it's like the peak. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, d- I definitely think like there's just anime that um, if you like have an open mind, you know, if it you like like different stories, then obviously you're gonna find experiences that are just as good. Uh, but long story short, I'm padding this out. For me, Legend of Galactic Heroes was a strong nine. That, that's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. After I said all that, strong nine. <laughs> no, I think that's really fair though. I knew you gave it that a bit ago. And did I you, think, did I tell you? No, I just saw it on Mel. <laughs> did I? Wait, yeah, you no. gave it a score. No, I did not. I would, but, um, oh, was it because I rated everything recently? Yeah, you did. So you betrayed yourself. Crap. Um, but I also think I was honestly like up until I like the very end, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's like kind of a nine, but I think just the like, um, the overwhelming scope of everything, the way it sat with me, every the way I kept thinking about it, and just like seeing like such an epic story coming to an end, that's when I was like, yeah, this feels like a ten experience. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely edges out, obviously, some other like well-known top nines I have. But like the thing is, like the tough thing was it was really shaping up to like probably be like a ten for me. Um, like I was really enjoying everything. I'm even sometimes like, even before this, like maybe like a few months back before I even thought of revisiting this podcast, yeah. I was like having thoughts of like, wait, is it a 10 for me? Cause I'd find yeah. myself like, like thinking about it, like kind of reminiscing about mm-hmm. watching it and being like, oh, I want to like go back to that world or like, like Pratt, like some of it was like thought provoking. And I was just like, just found myself thinking about Oberstein or something, <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> just things about the show, like that were like, oh, you know, that was like so interesting. Uh, and just like kind of like kind of putting all the pieces together, seeing all the different sides and no one being exactly right. So I was like, oh, maybe maybe it is a 10, but I don't know. But as, at least with my initial like viewing and how I felt, I just felt like um, that like while I love the ending and I thought everything was good, I thought the ending was beautiful. I thought everything was well done. I just wanted a little bit more of like, I feel like I, I, it wasn't as like, um, emotionally compelling for me, like the ending, it just sort of like was what it was. I right, like, it's wrapping up. This is where it's going. And you kind of saw this ending, like already in sight for like, maybe like 10, yeah. 20 episodes. It was like, okay, this is just sort of like the inevitable. So because yeah. it ended like that, it was like, it wasn't as like emotionally riveting. Yeah. So that's like kind of held it back. But I still liked everything else that was there. So I was like, okay, this is like, like just shy of, of yeah. you know, that feeling. So, yeah. And I think it's really tough, especially because I think, I'm not sure how, what percentage, but I think there is a lot of like, how much are you emotionally invested and do you connect with everything versus how much do you, sorry, microphone, versus how much do you like appreciate everything going on? Like you appreciate the complexity or the like, you know, thematic events going on. And oftentimes those two coincide, but sometimes I think it is like, you know, sometimes you're left being like, oh, I really appreciate this, but I don't really feel for it that much. And I can definitely see like at the end of season three, when Yang dies, you're like, 
okay, I'm never, I'm not going to be as emotionally connected to anyone else who's still remaining no matter what happens per se. So it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of tough when you get to the end and you're like, and I definitely get people who were in that boat. I was like sort of in that boat, like when Yang first, like when he died and like the moment in the first few episodes after I'm just mourning, but I was genuinely actually interested in like what was going on. Yeah. Cause I saw some complaints about the final season. I'm like, no, I was actually still just interesting and interested I, yeah. in seeing like the issues with ruling and the, the commentary on that. And so yeah, I like the final season a lot. I don't think it's yeah. weaker than the other seasons. Yeah, it was still interesting in its own right. It was just like a different now like dimension yeah. of like having you know now conquered you know and like okay, what's going on now? Like, what's the actual solution? So I still enjoyed it. But back to what you were saying, um, I've actually like been making more of that distinction recently between like and appreciate. Like, there's such a fine line. And yeah. You, and for a long time, I would be getting caught up in the whole, I appreciate this, I appreciate this, and confusing that for liking something. And then realizing, like, no, just because I appreciate this doesn't mean I actually like it. Yeah. Liking it means I actually want to watch this again, or I actually yeah. want to experience this. It just means, oh, I get what other people like mm-hmm. in this, I respect this, but it doesn't mean like I gravitate towards it. 100%. So like, oh, okay. So now I'm like, shoving those things I appreciate to the side and be like, no, no, no. Do I clearly like this or not? So. Yeah. And I think we both like it. It's just how much. Yeah. You clearly like it more. Well, we both like it a lot. I don't think we should underplay how much you like it. Yeah. No, no, I don't, you know, I don't like (laughs) humble, humble seven, (laughs) humble seven, utmost nine. Well, the only way we can determine how much you like it is if you do another ranking of your favorites, which we cannot determine at this point in time. Yep. Like bully arc. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely somewhere in my favorites. Definitely, definitely made it somewhere there. Um, but then again, you know what? That is a high ranking. Cause I have very, very few tens. Yeah. You're like, doing anime, very, right? I'm like, me like and my very tens. Few tens so. I think I have like 16 tens now. I think I have like one. You just no, have wait. Ava. No, I'm sorry. I have like four. Let me find out. Everyone stock Onimaro's mouth. No, hold on. I don't think I rated uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, by the way. You did. You gave it a nine. No. no. I see it on Mal. That's the only source of no. information I have. <laughs> Dude, I played myself. You have three tens. I played myself. Wait, how do you want to? You have three tens. I, wait, I kind of love this for you because your three tens are Neon Genesis Evangelion, <laughs> End of Evangelion, and Q Season 3. The big yes. three. <laughs> Call that my big three. I and love now that. you have reminded me of the recent Q announcement, and now I'm really sad. <gasps> Did I ruin it? Oh, the re- oh no, the new Haikyuu. No, you just Haikyuu. reminded me. Oh. I saw it on my feed. I was talking about it with a friend. I was just like, dude. So sad. I think so it'll bad. be good, but like I, we can get into that. But it'll yeah, be can, good, but not same. A, yeah, yeah, it could be a separate pod, but yeah, it, it'll, it might not be the same. I mean, my <laughs> friend saw it still working, but I'm like, yeah, but they're cutting out so much content. So is it going to be the manga arc for you? Maybe, maybe. It's good. I don't know when. Are, when are the anime? When are the movies set to like come out? Well, I is think they're going to come out in twenty three and then twenty four. But you know, it takes like another half year for us to get it, so we're not getting all of it until twenty twenty five. Maybe it will be the manga. Maybe I can finally join my friends, in like knowing what they know. Um, age. Did I rate this? Okay. Wait. Sorry, I'm like looking through my mouth. Don't mind the silence. No. At all. We, uh, that was a. Uh, it's not on here. Wait. What are you looking for? 
My uh, legend. Oh, you know why? Because it's in Japanese. Because <laughs> you forgot <laughs> the title. There it is. No, it's because like Mal puts it in Japanese. Yeah. Um, shit. I did play myself. <laughs> why are you stopping? But I didn't Mal? spoil it for other people. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um. Anyways, okay. I think that's it. I think we have covered everything that has been three hours. Um, so, uh, hope you guys. <laughs> had a good time with the pod. Uh, if there's something we missed that you want our opinion on, now's the time. Let us know. Yang. Uh, wait, not, um, uh, my friend is Yang in the top 20 characters. Yes. Uh, I mean, I don't have that sort of list, but I'm going to yes. say yes. You gotta get that. I will make your list. I'm going to say yes. I mean, I think I, I have an idea for like a future stream with like, like popular characters. So Ranking, so I'm gonna reveal the placement and the big, the big post later. But I have an idea. Amen. Yank's good. Yank um, good. Big shout out to everyone who stayed for three hours of Legend of the Galactic Heroes talk. They were the true Legend of the Galactic homies. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, Thank you. Thank you all for joining. For some reason, you stuck around, stuck around, and have not watched Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Uh, this is your incentive to go watch it. Uh, yeah. So hope you guys enjoyed it. We're going to leave it off here because uh, we are probably hungry. So besides that, uh, catch us on the next stream, which is next, next Sunday. Next Sunday. We're going to, uh, and we have a really exciting guest. Uh, we have announced it on Twitter, but we're going to be talking to Colleen, Colleen's manga recommendations, manga guys reverted back to true American English to say manga, but, manga. um, and she talks a lot about, um, shoujo and jose anime so we're gonna kind of like follow up on the fruits basket discussion that we were talking about of like you know shoujo and jose manga in the community so yeah and if you didn't catch that pod that was like a few months back just yeah. go on the channel check that one it, out we just explore our lore check out our yeah. check it out fruits basket falls in the shoujo pantheon but we're just going to talk about more shoujo jose there's a lot of really good ones but anyways, if you enjoyed the stream, like it, definitely leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought, especially if you weren't able to join us live. Um, and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, we're close now to 1,000. We're trying to get there, so help get us there. And besides that, those are our opinions on, um, you know, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Uh, Yang Wenli, top one. Um, Yang Gang. Because that's just the truth. We're just weebs. Yang Gang. Catch you guys later. <laughs>